Hey listeners, this is Brian, co-host of Nerds on History and Nerds on Film. I want to talk to you for a second. If you like the content you've been hearing on our shows, please, by all means, go to nerdonomy.com right now and click on the merch link. That will take you to our own built-in store where you can go and buy t-shirts made from content on the shows as well as original content. All of our shirts are made in the U.S., so you can actually show your pride for the nerds and be ethical at the same time. Do it. Do it now, please. Thank you. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. Have you guys ever seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Uh, I've, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen yeah. parts of it, yeah. I need to watch that whole movie. I need to watch the whole thing, totally. It's, it's been on my Netflix queue. It's four hours long. Well, it's, it's, been on my it's a four-hour comedy fest. Yeah, because it's got like every comedic actor from the 50s and 60s in that damn movie. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I watched Murder by, Be- Murder by Death for the first time. That's a good um, one. On Christmas Day. That's or a Christmas good Eve. one. And it was, oh my God. Watching that movie, you know how like Hollywood is all into the whole, let's do a remake of a movie we've already uh-huh. done? That movie could never be remade in its original Who's script. Oh, everybody. Peter Sellers, James Cromwell, not Judy Dench, but um, um, Maggie Smith is in it. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, um, oh, um, Truman Capote is in the movie. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Oh, um, God, I have his face, and I just can't what think of it. What else has he been in? He, um, nah, he was the, the, the P.I. guy that everyone loved. Uh, oh, is it Peter Falk? Yeah, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. Oh, yes. What, oh, was, yes. His, what was his big catchphrase on the show? He was also the grandpa The Princess Bride. What, what, was, his catchphrase what was his catchphrase that on the show? He's like, oh, just one more thing. One more thing, Columbo. Inspector. Yeah, Columbo. That was it. Ah, uh, yes. Are they redoing? Uh, they're redoing. Cl- they're redoing something. They're redoing. I think. I want to say it was Columbo, but I could be totally wrong. It was another detective to- detective show? Another old timey one. Perry Mason. No. Uh, yeah, I was more of a lawyer than it was a detective. Columbo. Kojak. Wait, no, it couldn't be Columbo. It was. Uh, I think they said Vin Diesel was going to be in it. Why am I saying that? Kojak. Yeah, Kojak. Kojak Vin Diesel that's what, Kojak. Yes, yeah. that's what's Would you guys remember when there was the Kojak remake with Ving Rhames? There was on USA that lasted eight episodes or so. Actually, let's not just say that it was eight episodes. Let me check it out. Check, 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 check. Came out check in 2005. There was only one season, and that one season lasted nine episodes. Hmm. Nine? Nine. That was racist. How is that racist? Yeah. That's You're right. just saying They're a number white. really loudly and angrily. <laughs> Is that racist? I'm also white. That's, yeah, that's being. That's actually being xenophobic, is what it's being. Yeah. Sure. There was nine actually aired episodes, but Ving Rhames is accredited for being in ten, so one of them didn't make the cut. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'm sorry. Kojak, I think, is one of those characters that probably should just be left in the '70s. And interesting little. I don't know. I can't imagine Vin Diesel like with a lollipop in his mouth yeah. and like looking at the camera, going like. Who loves you, babe? It's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. You're- you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, in Tom Mankiewicz's... No, it wasn't Tom Mankiewicz. It was Mario Puzo's original draft of the Superman screenplay that he wrote. Uh, Kojak made a cameo. So the what? original... Kojak. Yeah, so Warner Brothers' original, from what I remember watching from the documentary... Does Kojak take place in Metropolis? No. Then you can't do no. that. Here's the thing. So they shot the exteriors in New York, which I believe were Kojak was... I never watched the Kojak show, so I don't know. But I believe he took it took place in New York. Nerds out there, please correct us if we're wrong. And Nerds, um, we have IMDb, man. Thank you, David. Uh, internet, correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Hello, I'm the internet. 
Does anybody use Ask Jeeves anymore? Or is Ask.com. It just, oh, it's just Ask.com now? Yeah, no. 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 Google does that now. They have their, their billboards up. They do. Have you seen them on 101? They're so desperate for help. Yeah. Um, Except when I see those billboards and they're asking their question, I know the answer's already. I'm like, I don't need to look. I already right. know. Warner Brothers was originally just going for a big franchise. They weren't really thinking about quality of story. They were just thinking about, of course, the end result. Lots and lots of money. Um, and just to kind of interject, does anyone not remember Richard Pryor being in Superman? Superman 3. Case in point. How dare you say his name? Not Richard Pryor, but Superman 3. How dare you mention Superman 3 on this podcast? I'm sorry, bro. It's a Superman movie. We have to bring it up. <sighs> this should go back to episode 2 and 3. Jackass. Unnecessary sequel. Yeah, totally unnecessary sequel, exactly. So basically, they had all these different cameos written in. It was just, it was not very, without any really thought put into it. And then thankfully, when Richard Donner read the script, he was like, this is awful. And they finally got Tom Mankiewicz, who was the guy who finalized the script and made it more about the relationship between Superman and Lois Lane. Mm. Uh, but the original script for, for Superman was no joke. It was 500 pages. It was meant to be shot as two films. That's why they shot the second movie and the first movie at the same time. David, I'm giving you the talking stick. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> to uh, answer our question, Kojak oh. was a NYC uh, police That's department detective. Yeah. I was right. Hooray. Theo Kojak. It aired from October 24th, 1973 to March 18th, 1978 on CBS. That makes sense because Superman debuted in 1978, so they were shooting it in 77. So he was a well-established... TV detective. Yep. Interesting. And he was going to say that line, too. Who was loves it? you, babe? Who loves you, babe? Yeah, he was going to... There was going to be a shot where Superman was flying through, and they saw Kojak, and he's like, hey, who loves you, babe? As he's looking up at Superman. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been horrible. Yep. Whoever thinks of putting, like, already established characters into another film just for cameos is ever a good idea. Except you know? Carlin. Does it all the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. This may be an entirely different podcast. However, Seth MacFarlane does it for the sake of comedy, right? Like mm -hmm. his his comedy is abstract, but in a serious film. Okay, yes. Let's we'd have in to a differentiate. Movie, yes, of course. That, right. that comedy that is appropriate. In a Superman movie, you know, having eighty thousand, yeah. you know, not eighty thousand. Of course, it's grandiose, uh, but to have many cameos of people who are already established just for the sake of being a cameo is ridiculous. Yeah, but the whole idea have character at that time, cameos. Character cameos, yes. Yeah, but the whole idea was at that time the approach was different. They were going for a tongue in cheek Superman plot. Oh, so they were going for like a, a Burt Ward and uh, Adam West Batman as kind of type because idea. a lot of the foundation of the Superman script was still laid by Mario Puzo in his storyline. So all the opening with Krypton and him growing up, um, a lot of that was based on the original storyline that Puzo had written. But I mean, it's hard for me to know because I never read the original Puzo script, but Mankiewicz made a lot of core uh, story changes to the movie when he took it over. Suffice it to say by doing that, they made a, a much more serious, a much more heartfelt movie, which is really what people should be doing with comic books anyway. Like we've learned it time and time again that when you take the subject matter seriously, the movie ends up being better as yeah. a result. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't do it with Howard the Duck, for example. But there's certain characters. They I mean, should can you imagine remake. Ian McKellen as Howard the Duck. It they should work. remake Howard the Duck. <laughs> they should give that one another go. That sounds like a really smart idea. They I think probably that's another, shouldn't. That's probably another one of Lucas's <laughs> films that he's trying to make sure never sees the light of day ever again. Yeah. Marvel too. Except like, it plays so on TV. <laughs> Howard the Duck that plays on TV every once in a while. Don't remind it. us. Okay, I'm sure Leah Thompson you know what? would also. Or is you know it, it is Leah Thompson? Yeah, right? it is Leah Thompson. And I'm you sure know what? When that movie comes on, you best believe I'm watching that because it's so bad it's funny. Leah Thompson's forgotten about it because Howard the Duck is sleeping and she goes through his stuff and she finds a little condom. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, Leah wow. Thompson is now completely having that life behind her. She's on a uh, ABC Family TV show right now. Oh yeah, what's what? What show? It's called Switched at Birth. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, hmm. with two mothers who give birth at the same time at the same hospital, but they switch, and one of them's deaf, and and they find out at like age sixteen. Yeah, they, they the drama ensues. Parents, it's ABC yeah. Family. Wasn't yeah. she Caroline and Caroline in the city? She was. Yeah. She was in fact yeah. Caroline and Caroline. In the Which, of course, speaking of crossovers, uh, crossed over with Friends. Yes. Did it, really? it did. It did. Because there was also a crossover with the single guy. Ross was on an episode of the single guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, it, it all, all established York, all the New York. Yeah. Because there was an episode. You can actually watch this on YouTube. There's an yeah. episode where Leah Thompson and her best friend are at a movie theater, and they run into like they Phoebe. ran into Chandler, and Chandler, Chandler okay. uh, tries to hit on them. It fails horribly. He's in it for maybe two, three minutes, and then well, he's gone. There is another one when Joey and Chandler have Ross's baby. And they leave the baby on the bus. Yeah. But before they leave the baby on the bus and they're walking through the street and she goes up to them, she smells the baby. She says her uterus skipped a beat. Right. Smelling the baby. That was her. Right. But was she playing the character or was it established at that time? I don't know. We don't know. We have to look that up. But Um, either way. Actually, I pose that question to our listeners. If you are a TV buff, um, please let us know. I do believe that the single guy had the same... What is the single guy? It was like a two season show. I loved that show. I'm looking it up. It was, I believe it had the same writers and producers as the Friends TV show. So I don't remember. They, I was a kid. They were able to, to cross over so quickly. To me, I will always remember Leah Thompson as Marty's mom. Absolutely. Right? Back to the Future. Which is just a fantastic trilogy. Of course. It's one of the best trilogies Hydrate ever made. level four, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, where they make the Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah. yeah. That's actually an excellent segue, but you know what? Before we do that, welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. Sup? Hey, um, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy welcome to 2013. Year. Even though it hasn't happened, actually, yet for, for us. us. It hasn't well, it hasn't happened yet. But we by are the coming time you're to listening. You. We're coming to you from the past, which feeds into today's episode. We will see you in the future. <laughs> um, no, but... Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> Keep this up. This oh is my silly. god! Right. Um, no, first of all, uh, I know we made all the uh, mind jokes. Uh, no, no, keep it in. Keep it in. It was hilarious. First of all, uh, I know we made all of our mind jokes, but congratulations to all that has survived. survived the apocalypse. We, we did indeed. Uh, I think all the people who thought it was real woke up on the twenty second. They realized, oh wow, I owe a lot of money to a lot of people. <laughs> exactly, because there were these people who spent exorbitant amounts of money on like bunkers and. There was actually, I think they, I remember hearing a statistic on the news that said that um, 10% of Americans actually thought the Mayan apocalypse was going to take place. That's what happens even when you watch the History Channel, people. But hey, we're living in the now. We are yeah. living in the now. Yes, and, indeed. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I had an awesome holiday, so it's kind of, it's nice to be back. But What'd you do? Well, I went out of state to go visit my mom. She had a Southern Christmas. I did have a Southern Christmas. And I hung out with uh, my mom's uh, long-term man friend's uh, family. So that was cool, and they're all very, very nice, welcoming people. Southern home style fried southern, food. Southern I have to ask. Yeah, but like when lots you, of fried food. <laughs> when you went to Christmas dinner, uh-huh. did you have to wear a hoop skirt? No, and we did not drink mint juleps on the porch. <laughs> Follow up: Did you make your dress out of the drapes from your curtains? <laughs> no. Did you did you did you but care brunette your Christmas? I just saw these in the window, and I couldn't resist. <laughs> And for those of our younger audience, if you have no idea what we're talking about, if you want to laugh hysterically, you need to look up Carol you, Burnett and Gone with the Wind. I think if you type it's, in those, it's two, called Went with the Wind. Is the went name with the of wind? the sketch? Okay. Went with Here's the, wind. the thing. No joke. My dad actually gave me for for Christmas on DVD the best of the Carol Burnett show. 
I'm so stoked. Oh my god. Oh man. I'm Please so tell stoked. me. Can, can, it's all of her favorites. Oh. And went with the wind is on there. I really hope that the dentist sketch with Tim Conway and um, oh I don't know that Harvey Corman Harvey Corman is on there because that sketch. That's a good one. Is hilarious. That's a really even good today one. in 2013. Um, the sketch is still hilarious because Tim Conway was sells, a brilliant actor. Yeah. He was brilliant. He is a brilliant actor. So much so that Harvey Corman is in the dentist chair and he's and losing, he's losing his, his, shit. his shit the whole time. But to time. be fair, that was a common thread. Like Tim well, would always yeah. make well, yeah, Harvey. But lose they, his I think they had. A, I think they had a running gag with each other where they would each time they did a scene, they they wanted to try to make each other break. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find hilarious. I wish they would do that on SNL more. You think so? See, there's that mindset, though, that people like Jimmy Fallon ruin sketches because he... And he even jokes about it, too, because he would always break character. Well, because he's the only one. Because, yeah, the thing is, is it's because he's making he's himself laugh. He's the only one. Okay, yeah. He's making himself okay, laugh. It's not if everybody he was trying, else. Yeah. Like, there was, a, there was an episode where Ben Affleck hosted. Yeah. And do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, ben because Affleck my favorite mango sketch is Oh, it's the mango one you're talking about? Ben. I was thinking of Debbie Downer. Okay. Mango! That is my favorite one, though, and it's to the... Ben Hoofleck. It's to this day why I always call Ben Affleck Ben Hoofleck. <laughs> ben Affleck great. is on it, but he does he does one with uh, he does one with Debbie Downer, which they prefaced showing that episode by saying like, this was from the rehearsal. Uh, oh, because they oh, could, okay. the actual one that they did. Well, I, I don't know what happened, but yeah. the rehearsal sketch was just so goddamn funny because Rachel Dratch, I think, who was the, the actress who, who, who she created was Debbie the character, Downer, yeah. Debbie Downer, she's going through all of her like, Debbie Downer and literally everybody is sitting around this couch and they are just losing their shit. Like, Affleck is in tears. Rachel Dratch can't get through her lines because she's laughing so hard. I mean, when it's everybody involved, it's then it's super funny because then you're like, you guys are having a great time up there yeah. and I'm having a good time with you. Yeah. When it's just Fallon, and no disrespect, but when it's just him, you're looking at the camera and being like, hey, hey, hey. It's just like, okay, you're the only one who thinks it's funny and if everyone else was joining in i would commend you but i think i definitely appreciate jimmy fallon more as a as a late night host i think he's done a really good job on yeah. the show and the, supposedly he's gonna be taking over the, the tonight i was show. just gonna say yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're on a i know we're on a side tangent but yeah on, he's scheduled nerds on tv now all of a sudden, but that's okay that's okay yeah we're, well, we're, well, we're covering all nerds on screen silver we're not changing the name anyone? but you know anyone no i mean it's cool i'll just go sit in my corner okay <laughs> yeah no i think him taking over the tonight show i would be you should just be nerds on stuff Nerds on stuff. <laughs> we just talk about stuff. I don't know. NOS. Yeah. Um, but anyways, just say uh, congrats on that fine. That's an awesome yeah. uh, DVD to yeah, hold Yeah, that in was your really, really yeah. rocking. I mean, and I kind of add it to my classic TV collection because I also have two sets of um, the best of uh, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Awesome. Oh, And well I also have the first two seasons of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I have the entire series of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I like my classic sketch shows. That's great. <laughs> I, I got a question for you. Have you ever seen your show of shows? That is one I have not watched. Sid Caesar. Yes. Arguably the grandfather of late of primetime sketch comedy mm -hmm. or late night sketch comedy, amazing performer, and they did all their sketches with the the intention of the never breaking character. Even if anything bad happened, yeah, they they fought it so hard. And right. apparently there was one sketch where they were uh, mocking from here to eternity when it came out, mm -hmm. and they kept getting hit with water. <laughs> so they literally had someone with buckets off stage oh just like God. throwing water in their faces <laughs> throughout the whole sketch. And that is the only sketch on film. Where Sid Caesar almost broke character. Oh he my almost gosh. did. His co his scene partner was was definitely breaking up. And man, and do so you want to talk about like the golden circle mm -hmm. of uh, that's just a metaphor I made up, but of I like, writers. 
Mm. You know, you have Sid Caesar, mm-hmm. Carl Reiner. Oh my God. Oh wow. Mel Brooks. Oh yes. Woody Allen. Oh yeah. Wow. And Neil Simon. Jesus. These were all the writers Whoa. on that show. That's awesome. That's comedy gold. And again, for our younger <laughs> audience, if you have no idea who these people are, please, for your enjoyment and enrichment of life, find who these people are. Because yeah. these people are the reason why the movies you're watching today even exist. There would not have been a Zucker Brothers. You know, there would not have been an airplane if it wasn't for these types of, yeah, of sketches. You know, absolutely. there would not have been the epic movie or the disaster movie or any of these things that had we not, not been. Can we, can we not lump those in with the, with these greats? Because those are like the forgotten. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're, any, they're anywhere. They to get crashed here for a second, those are the sperm that get jacked off into like a toilet (laughs) (laughs) my wine almost went up my nose (laughs) there's a reason why we have an explicit title on this but seriously those are the kids that like will never be and yet somehow someone pulled them out of the out of the you know toilet bowl and like created a child from a peachy grish well nevertheless (laughs) sorry for bringing up they who must not be named apparently but you know But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, they would not have even had a career had it not been for the works that sure. oh, the seeds that these men have sowed. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Cool. All right. Yeah. Good. So, what'd you get for Christmas, dude? <laughs> I um, I had a really light Christmas. Um, I walked away because I enjoy. I get up really early to go to work in the morning, and so um, and I really love coffee. Like coffee in the morning is basically it's part of the breakfast. Uh, do you do you ingest it intravenously? Yeah. Um, not as much as some people that I know, but I, um, I've never really actually (laughs) been able to make coffee in the morning for myself because the coffee pot that I did have was like, it literally had to make the beans and then grind. Like it was so So now I have a new, now I have a new coffee pot. Um, and so it's able to be programmed. So now I can just do everything the night before and it makes it. And I've always had a problem with like travel mugs. So um, my girlfriend's sister got me these really great travel mugs that don't leak. And I felt such like an adult because I was like, oh my God, travel. This is such a thoughtful gift. Yeah. Like this is so practical. Yeah. And then I also got slippers. And I was like, this is practical as well. <laughs> I'm 45 apparently. <laughs> um, but no, um, it, like I said, it was a very light gift. Uh, Christmas Eve, I went to my parents' house and I gorged because they had like snacks and things and so I went over there and I actually ended up taking like a two hour nap. Yeah. You know, I went it's over. Expected. Cause, yeah. Cause she made, she, my, my mom uh, made a uh, cinnamon rolls for like a brunch, like from scratch, everything from scratch. So I went over and I was just like, Oh, hello. Why don't you come to my tummy? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then took a nap, and like I said, I gorged, and then we watched um, we watched Murder by Death. Yeah. And uh, I got to watch Home Alone, which I was really pleased about, because of all the Christmas movies, that's one I haven't seen in, in quite some time. Yeah, I didn't watch it this year. Um, I did. I, it was on TV, and I saw it in like the back room when we were at my aunt's house, but I didn't pay attention to it too much. Because it's one of those movies where you, I can skip a year with that one. There are movies where I have to see every single year for it to feel like Christmas. That is not one of them. For most of the time. There are some years where I get very nostalgic and I want to watch it. Right. But most of them I can pass. Yeah, I, I ended up having to skip uh, watching Love Actually, which is usually my consistent yeah. Christmas I think it's movie. funny because I found that that's my girlfriend's favorite Christmas movie, too. <gasps> well, there you go. Um, there's a reason why because it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but they, I, did, I, did do my, I did do my Christmas tradition of watching uh, Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip. Oh, you watched episode? the Christmas episode? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got me into wanting to watch the entire series. I'm about halfway through my DVD collection. There you go. Brian, what'd you get? Well, I got a total nerd haven of gifts this year because uh, my my mom got me Superman pajamas. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Does it come with a cape? No, it does not come with Damn a cape. Damn it. It, ha- it is a white ringer tee with a Superman logo on it and then Superman logo pants. 
That's pretty badass. That's classy. Yeah, are they fleece? They're like fairy cloth. They're like okay. They're like super soft. Mm. Yeah, they're 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 amazing, and um, they are they are. Uh, of course, Sean, our loving editor of this podcast, got me the Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray. Awesome, so gift. awesome, awesome, so gift. amazing, right? So I got both Supes and Bats mm-hmm. for Christmas. Um, and then and... <laughs> sounds like a really fucked up restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> soups and bats. <laughs> no soups and bats for you. There you go. Sir, there's a bat in my soup. <laughs> it's there for garnish. <laughs> Guano. It's bat droppings. <laughs> Yuck. Okay. That and what else did I get? I mean, I got a lot of nice clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm in that age where like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is nice. I just feel like you're. Oh, do you know? What? I'm sorry. Do you yeah. guys got me the picture I sent you over on on your phone? Oh, oh I, yeah, uh, I saw uh, that. One. That was awesome. Superman apron. Yeah, the Superman apron. I got, I did get a Superman apron. Oh, I did too. not yeah. see the photo of you in a Superman apron. No, he, it wasn't, it wasn't me in, the in apron. it, but it I just didn't got see it. that you. No, the only photo Let I got up real quick. was like this ornament that had like it was an owl with nerd <coughs> glasses on it. Yeah, yes, indeed. No, this is a present from my aunt Marta. That's so cool. Complete with like. Grinal package, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And six pack. Six pack. And six, yeah. 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 So he's got Superman junk on his apron. Start baking, man. <laughs> Bake us up some super cookies. And then we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> at the Fortress of Slaughter, dude. <laughs> and then I think the last thing that was just super super nerdy. My girlfriend got me a subscription to uh, Mental Floss magazine. Mentalfloss.com, you've ever heard of them? I have. That's awesome. They are so much random factoids, and I love it. I That's love, really cool. Yeah, learning things I never thought I, I would mm-hmm. ever learn about. Sure. Even more to go in the vault That's of useless cool. knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got some other cool stuff aside from just the, the DVD what? thing. Um, I got a Save Ferris t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is totally oh freaking rocking. Oh my I hadn't even noticed. That's awesome. Yeah. I got, Probably because it's across your chest and we yeah. didn't want to look like we were looking at your boobs. So. Sure, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I refuse to answer that question. Make a comment? <laughs> um, I also got uh, Doctor Who knee-high TARDIS socks. And I got a sonic screwdriver pen. And it lights up and makes the noise, so I was really excited about that, too. We're really glad you said pen. Yeah. And I got... Oh, I got Cards Against Humanity. So we need oh. to play that at some point. You ever played Cards Against Humanity? No idea It's like apples to apples for terrible people. It like is a us. totally uncensored version of apples to apples. Yeah. Isn't apples to apples pretty uncensored? I mean, like... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I, br- I will bring it to you. You can look at the cards. Let me just say this. One of the cards, just to give you an example, because I've seen it so many times it's memorized, is the Profoundly Handicapped. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. it's a great game. It's hilarious. Oh my god. It's so screwed yeah. up. I don't know if I want to play. It's yeah. No, it's a game for, Sean, for people like us. It's just, Sean, Sean's eyes just jumped up. Like, <gasps> I want to play this game. <laughs> is this on Amazon and will they deliver? It is on Amazon, yeah. actually, and it's 25 bucks. So, yes, and they will deliver. So, there you go. Oh, we just pumped yeah. out Amazon. Thank we you. Totally did. Um, I, also got, <laughs> I also got some scarves, some place settings, some jewelry stuff, and really awesome gift from my dad power tools. So I now have a portable battery-powered circ saw, reciprocal saw, drill, and flashlight, which had me really stoked because now I get. Again, do- we're glad that you made mention tools. Why? <laughs> Why? Because she does crafts. Because I do projects like a mofo. Do you not? I know you did projects, but like, holy shit, that's like she took a dresser like and she sanded it, it down, and like then she bookshelf. she re- like glossed it and everything. Yeah, I, I have refurbed a dresser. I've refurbed a chair. I've got a, a end table she to refurb. She refurbed a man. 
what? Um, I've got like shelving stuff that projects that I want to do and, and other things. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty I like doing like crafty carpentry type shit too. That's right, men. On- She's not just a nerdy girl. She is also a handy girl. Line forms to the left. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course, I mean, you said handy. <laughs> I'm a handy girl. Go to the movies with me. I'm kidding. I'll buy your popcorn. Anywho, with my circular saw, um, cut a I, hole. I do want to. I do also want to say though, just because I am, you know, super crafty. If you guys did see from the White Elephant gift exchange on our Facebook, you can see the picture of the Admiral Sackbar, the brown paper um, trap, <laughs> the brown paper bag puppet that I made um, of Admiral Akbar, obviously. And then also, um, I haven't posted this one up. Maybe I will, but uh, I made finger puppets, Pulp Fiction finger puppets, to be exact, to send to Sean for Christmas. So well played. Merry Christmas, Sean. I made you felt finger puppets of and he Jules and Vince. <laughs> he totally, totally loved it. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I have requests now for more. Yeah. So maybe I'll just make a whole line you of movie themed like finger like puppets. Famous movies over the last 40 years. Yeah. That'd be pretty rad. You should do a Ben Hur one. That'd be fun. A Ben Hur finger puppet? Yeah. You got one guy in the chariot, and then you got the other one that's kind of like the actual horses. And you can just like. <laughs> That's actually kind of brilliant. <laughs> well done. I accept checks and credit cards. Actually, I was thinking I was thinking about doing a Lord of the Rings one, so I wanted to make like a Gandalf finger puppet and then a smaller Hobbit finger puppet for your finger, like or your pinky. Uh huh. The whole well, the whole fellowship is nine, right? So all you need is one extra. Sure. So do that in Gollum, and you've got all ten. Right. And then I can, but I would like Fingers. I would I would Here's totally do like the chain and like on on Frodo I would put like a chain with the ring around it. There you go. She, you know, if she makes that when when the Hobbit two comes out, there's gonna be somebody in the movie theater that's gonna <laughs> just, just gonna be like doing like jazz fingers the whole time. He's like. <laughs> I have too much fun with this shit. That's my problem. It's felt. Everybody loves felt. If you're a nerd and you have jazz hands, you can reach Sarah at Sarah at nerdonomy.com. If you want me to refurb a dresser, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you instructions. <laughs> that shit's expensive. Well, you know, I only have so much free time. <laughs> Keep this up. This will be your full-time job. Right? Exactly. All right. Well, hey, we should probably actually go back to the topic then. <laughs> well, first off, because we are in 2013 and yeah. we are nerds on film. Um, I feel like it's appropriate that we speak of movies that are coming out in 2013 because, I don't know about you guys, there are a lot that are coming out that are going to be amazing. So lay it on us, David. What is coming out in 2013? Well, the first ones I see here that are not really so amazing are, let's say, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Not interested. Not interested at all. Um, Let's see. Oh, well, uh, Gangster Squad comes out in January. Yeah, I want to see that one. For those of you that don't know what this is, this is Sean Penn playing Mickey Cohen, who Mm -hmm. was a huge gangster back in the 20s and 30s of L.A. Ryan Gosling's Um, in it. Ryan Gosling, Josh Brolin, Emma Stone. Stone. There's a whole whole list of people. And Ryan Um, Gosling. And more Ryan Gosling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Broken City comes out January 18th. Now, this looks really good. This is a movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg and Russell Crowe. It looks interesting. It looks interesting. I want to yeah. see it. I think the premise is, is that the Russell Crowe character is like a senator or some sort of governor. He's in po- he's he's really high up in the political chain. Mm-hmm. Believes that his wife is having an affair. He hires Mark Wahlberg, who appears to be some sort of sleuth. 
And all of a sudden, Mark Wahlberg finds himself in a conspiracy web of, of sorts. But then he goes Marky Mark on and he kicks a major ass. Yes. So basically, it's like every action movie with Mark Wahlberg with political intrigue. You know what my favorite action movie with Mark Wahlberg is? What? The Big Hit. Did you guys ever see that movie? Not see that. Never saw it, but I, I wanted to watch it. That's a fun movie. It's totally... It's terrible. It's ridiculous, but it's a fun movie. Isn't it me... Mia Servani, isn't it? No, Servia. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mispronouncing. Savari. Savari. Yeah. I don't think so. John Mina Savari. Mm. Mina Savari. No, no. Isn't she uh, the woman who? in that movie? Oh my God, who else is in that movie? No, this is this is pre-American uh, Pie. So yeah. Mina Savari would not have. No, been not Mina Savari. Who's the other? I think isn't Lou Diamond Phillips in that? Movie? Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, Lou is Diamond in that Phillips. Movie, yes. Yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips. Yes. 1998. Oh, Christina Applegate was the woman in that movie. Yes. Yes. I knew it was a blonde woman. There was another... I got it. I saw Who's the actress that was in Mimic? Mira Sorvino. Mira Sorvino. I'm sorry. I got my actresses mixed up. Their names sound similar. Sure. They look very different. They do, but their names sound similar. Also coming out in January, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Okay. <coughs> okay. Here's the thing. Okay. Oh, here we go. I want to see it because it looks so bad. Really? Yes. I'm sorry. It looks like Snow White and the Henchman or the Huntsman. Like it's no, no, that... no, no, no. It looks more like Van Helsing. Oh yeah, because that was You're such not a winner. Your case. I know. <laughs> Again, so bad. I have to see how bad it is. But you, the trailer gives it to you. Still need to see it because Which I feel here's the thing, so bad. Be it also doesn't look like it's taking itself seriously. Van Helsing took itself very seriously. Yeah. It did. This one doesn't look like it's taking itself seriously, which is something I can appreciate. I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm going to watch. Jeremy Renner. I don't that want to see him mugging himself <laughs> through a movie. Like, Jeremy Renner, I feel, in my opinion, he's at a spot in his career right now where... Where he needs to be picking the good he movies. He needs to yeah. be picking the good movies because he's done... He was in an Oscar-nominated movie. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got the... He has the ability of a couple of franchises on, at his fingertips. Although, who was in Van Helsing? Kate Beckinsale. And... Hugh Jackman? Yeah, and Hugh Jackman has not tarnished his career by playing Van Helsing or being uh, in a really bad Wolverine. It took him a while to come movie. back from that, though. I don't think so. He will always have Wolverine. Yeah, he always has Wolverine. On. Another movie coming out in January, Movie 43. Oh, I totally this... want to see that movie. <laughs> oh, is this the one with the 43 sketches? This is the 43 sketches. Oh, my God, I'm oh, so excited for this, this one. This looks amazing. And if this is done right... This is going to be the best comedy oh, yeah. of of our of our, of generation. our generation. Absolutely, it is going yeah. to be of the comedy decade. that goes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which judging by the trailer, it is literally no hold bar. Like we it's are, like we are flat out freaking offensive comedy. I am so excited. Which you know, our which our generation is totally into right now. Yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, like, our comedies are horribly offensive sometimes mm -hmm. or yeah. stupid. Yeah, there's say, never there's never a smart medium. I have to say, Gerard Butler as a leprechaun. Is brilliant. Interesting. I do yeah. think I like the fact that uh, Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville are working together again. Yes. I want to see because I want to see Lee Schreiber and Naomi Watts pick on their son in the high school setting that they're like they're. It seems like they're like they're homeschooling their son. Mm -hmm. I want to see it just for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, actually, come take a look at this guy's dick. I like that line alone. <laughs> the basketball one. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is the one. <laughs> You're black. They're white. This ain't hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That had me. I was like, I need to see this. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I just love that it's um, Terrence Howard. He has that iconic like seventies basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. look, he, he actually kind of looks like um, Denzel Washington in Remember the Titans. Yeah, there you go. You said that it. very uh, you said it. yeah froey. Mm -hmm. You know, very clean cut. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me say this because I'm looking at. I have a list up on my iPad here of movies that are coming out. Okay. A lot of these are like, eh. <laughs> Sorry, just eh. But there's a few here that 
I can't ignore from a nerd perspective. Just can't do it. Okay. Can't Such as? It. Lay it on us. Well, of course, first of all, uh, the sequel to The Hobbit, really yeah, this part Hobbit two. Sequel. The Hobbit sequel. The, the, the desolation of smog. Yeah, that was, it was a good setup. So exciting. Uh, of course, A Good Day to Die Hard. Again, one of those things where I just want to see it for the sake of seeing it. I'm I'm with you, Brian. Every time I see a trailer for it, I get more and more ambivalent. Yeah. Because I remember how how good I felt walking into the to the fourth one and thinking, oh, okay, this was fun. I enjoyed it. I wish that they had given him, you know, his line. You know, that was my one quibble with that movie. But I'm really... I, I almost feel like, as we've said before, that it is, you know, the cash cow. And I feel like how many more situations can John McClane get himself into? Like, I really hope, just for the sake of the franchise alone, because it's starting to kind of tarnish the original integrity of Die Hard. You I know? think so much time has passed, at least for those of us who've been around right. throughout the Die Hard saga or whatever. It doesn't tarnish it, but for those youth who will be seeing these movies for the first time, yeah, it is. I can see that. Yeah, like if you're like if you're gonna be some 13, 14, 16 year old kid, it's gonna go and say, "Oh yeah, I want to go see Bruce Willis on a shoot 'em up movie," and that's your first Die Hard experience. Yeah, that's oh, not the way to go. Oh my goodness! If you are one of those people, please, you may want to watch it. That's fine. Watch the first three. Yeah. Watch the second one just for the sake of the second one, but you gotta watch the first one. Yeah. By all means. Is it okay if I move on? Yes. Yeah, sorry, that was my soapbox. That's okay. The Lone Ranger. I'm just gonna throw it out there. You're not looking nope, forward I'm, to that? The trailer makes it look horrible. You think so? I was so intrigued when I was getting early news of this, when I was like hearing early stirrings yeah. about mm -hmm. the Lone Ranger. I was really, really intrigued. Big cast in it. Yeah. Yeah. I really I just don't know how I'm feeling. I'm completely I'm completely torn on this. I'm I'm hoping that they're going to turn out something good. I do still put a lot of faith in Johnny Depp. Yeah. You know, I do. And especially when he's not necessarily working with Tim Burton. I have a lot of faith in him. So I'm still... I'm not saying he's perfect every time. Well, that's, I mean, keep that's in mind, far from the this case, is Gore Verbinski, too. This is that duo that made Pirates of the Caribbean a yeah. really, really good movie. Yeah. My problem with that, though, is that I, I do have faith in Johnny Depp, but... It's weird. I know he's doing a different voice. I know he's doing an entirely different character. Yet I still see just like a Native American version, just based upon the trailer, of Jack Sparrow to some regard. Interesting. Okay. I, I see the same mugging. I see the same, you know, and that's just, I think that's just the actor that's behind the makeup. However, the trailer itself, it looks like an overblown action movie that I feel is just... <laughs> The scene, like, if you watch the trailer, there's a scene where a kid throws a bullet out. And I remember when I watched the first Pirates, there was this really cool swashbuckling pirate trip. And then the second one, when he fires a gun at the Kraken, that I thought it was really weird that they did, like, this slow-time Matrix thing where, um, where Jack Sparrow points his gun and he fires it and everything slows down and you watch the bullet as it, like, moves across the screen and it hits the enemy. And I thought, like, wow, you guys are really getting into this whole slow time, let's enhance the action. It's just, I don't know, there's just something about that trailer that screams popcorn movie, but not a good popcorn movie. Okay. Even though I like Army Hammer. Yeah, yeah, well, I will, <clears throat> being that it's a massive, you know, serial, right, it was from the from the 30s. Right. Has a lot of precursors to a lot of comic book heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in fact, the Lone Ranger is actually the uncle of the Green Hornet. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I'm always interested in seeing the origin of the origin story. Right. And, Wait, uh, like legitimately in the in the in the comic books. In yeah. The comic part, of the why, part of the reason why Britt Reed becomes the Green Hornet is because he finds out that he's a descendant of the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Shut up. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought like no, it was that's just, legit. Yeah. yeah. John Reed and Britt Reed. They're even their last names even match up. Oh, I didn't know the the Lone Ranger's last name. Yeah. John Reed. Uh, That's well, awesome. I mean, and th- the thing is, is you know, it's it alludes so much to the to the old TV show, but it's a totally obviously modern take on it, and oh yeah, it's not going to have any of the simplicity that the original not TV series not did, and and so I I think it, it, it's one of those things you're just gonna yeah. have to disassociate, like with. Pirates of the Caribbean movie versus Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Except and now those the are ride, all, now they're melded together. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that now they are. Aside, there was lots of elements of the ride that were worked into the movie. Sure. Right. Like the, the, the famous scene with the dog with the with the yeah. in its yeah. mouth. So, and that, yeah. But the thing is, is obviously when you're on the ride, it's a slow-moving boat and it's all kind of happy and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And then the movie's like action-packed and da-da-da. So right. I'm saying da-da-da a lot, but... <laughs> But you guys, you guys would get what I'm saying. It's yeah. just one of those things. Like to give this movie a fair chance, you're just gonna have to disassociate. How long do you think before after the release of the movie, you think Disney's gonna create a ride based off of the Lone Ranger? They won't. I do don't it. think so. Really? You don't think no, so? I don't think I don't so. Think so. Because Disney isn't. I'm gonna. I say this with weighted words. Choose them carefully. I see, I see where you're going with this. With the exceptions of Star Tours and of the Indiana Jones ride, they really don't go reverse they really don't go make rides of their movies at least not in disneyland i think at disney california adventure they'll do that they have a cars land and, yeah. and they have they had a bug's life yeah. thing it's and, still there yeah. I, I just don't see lone ranger being in california adventure it may be in you know like epcot or one of the the theme parks in the disney world but i just don't see it going in disneyland yeah i'm not disneyland is is almost at this point i'm not going to say it's not untouchable but I don't well, think... they're also landlocked, too. They can't really expand yeah, anywhere. Yeah, they can't expand anywhere. Yeah. So there's only so much that they can do. They would have to take down something. Oh, you know what they did? Swiss Family um, Treehouse, they made into Tarzan. the Tarzan Treehouse. So that's one thing that they did. But yeah, they're not... Right. They're, but they were just upgrading what was already there. Yeah. Right. There's... The only thing that they could do is upgrade something in Frontierland. To make it to, look more Lone Ranger-ish? To make it more Lone Ranger-ish. Probably like the shoot-up game. Yeah that they have there. That or book. they might put it in California Adventure because there's a lot of open real estate. It depends on how successful it is, really. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they're not about to make a John Carter ride anytime soon. Here's why I so. want to see it. Because my parents live in Durango, Colorado. Sure. Which is where a lot of westerns were shot. Sure. Uh, in the old days. And this is also where the Lone Ranger was shot. It was shot just about maybe an hour's drive away from Durango. And actually, Sean actually served Gore Bravinsky in his restaurant that he works at. What? When they were there shooting the movie. So, That's cool. Having lived near that area, I really do want to see how they, what parts they use. Yeah, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I mean, without a doubt, Verbinski knows how to give you good scenery, and yeah. he knows how to. He definitely paints a picture. We'll he, yeah, he definitely paints a picture. I mean, the opening scene is uh, the Lone Ranger waking up and being on top of that huge structure, and you just see the open, vast landscape, and then you see a train explode about five different times. Right. Did you get a feeling almost a sense? of like the crow and all with it because he's like I felt like he was dead yeah. and brought back to life that's, and that that's was kind of what that's kind of what the trailer implies yeah and that's breaking yeah. from the original origin because we'll original see. origin we'll, John Reed was left for dead and then he became the Lone Ranger that's likely what happened yeah but it does sound like he uh it does sound very crow like that he was brought back from the dead we, we will see there's also World War Z coming out which I know a lot of people are torn about yeah it's a comic book it's a book. No, it's a book it's a book it's a book, book. By Max oh that Brooks. was a graphic novel no it's a book book okay 
Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people who are who are fans of the book. I haven't read it. A lot of people who are fans of the book are not too pleased with the way this is looking. It was a film that's had so much trouble in production. Yeah. Things being, you know, canceled, restarted, reshot all over the place. Um, but this is one that Brad Pitt has been so completely dedicated to, to having it go forward. He himself being a producer. So, you know, we'll see. Again, this is one of those ones I'm kind of going into it without expectation. I like the idea of, you know, fast-moving zombies just being a zombie aficionado myself. I kind of like I kind of like the way that these zombies are appearing so far. Okay. Um, so, we'll see. It's got Mark Forrester directing it, so yeah. it's going to be an interesting I mean, and, and I could be movie. horribly wrong, yeah. but again, I'm just trying to kind of go into it open-minded. I would be remiss in my duties as a nerd if I didn't mention The Man of Steel coming out. Man of Steel's coming out, which that trailer looks epic. Yeah, it does. It looks so good. I'm actually excited to see this one. I'm yeah. not, I don't get into Superman often, I'm but with her. I, this one looks damn good. Right. Because I think what, and you guys can correct me, or you guys can add on or, or, or pick apart, but I feel like what comic book movies have gone to now are, it has to be about that person, and it has to be a good character drama. It's not about the spectacle anymore. It's not about yeah. the costume. It's not about the villain of the week. It is about that man's struggle with his power and the responsibility that is weighted with that power, and each hero has their own situation, which is why I love Spider-Man 2 so much, because it was physically affecting peter parker yeah. and spider-man 2 absolutely to the point where his point where his powers were going away and then with dark knight he struggled with with being batman and not really wanting to do it but he realized he needed it to do and also it. the ethics of what he's and the ethics do. of what he was doing yeah. and so this looks good because it looks like a man who's not quite sure who he is and he's trying to figure himself out and that i'm on board you with. know it you bring up the dark knight and it's really important too because with comic book characters like you're talking about now that they're making them these more character-centric stories, yeah, that's what every movie should be in the first place. Yeah, it just so happens that this person wears a cape and a mask and mm -hmm. whatever else they do as their job. The superhero is their job. It is not you know anything else other than that. It's it, they're a human being. Even if it's Superman, we're talking about he was a, an alien who was raised to think he was human. He has all the values of a human being, right? And that's part of his his appeal is that he is a foreigner, for lack of a better word, an alien who feels like the rest of us. Yeah. Know? I, I do think that it's really interesting because it's more about how do you make these characters that we've all known and loved and grown up with, how do you make them more appealing to a modern audience? Um, and how do you do Superman's it in a way a big one and how do you do too, it in a way that's not gonna be cheesy? So the way this one's shaping up, the way Man is still shaping up, it looks dope. <laughs> yeah, it totally <laughs> For does. For lack of a better term. And it Superman, looks good. And Superman needs that right yeah. now. There are so many of my friends that are comic book geeks who hate Superman on principle alone because of what he represents. Mm -hmm. He represents the old guard. He represents the, the cheesiness of superheroes, the, the Boy Scouts, the people who have no struggle. And, and he's like got, overly powerful, and, right. but it's all the same arguments. There's so much more to Superman than that, especially with the way he's been written in the past 20 years, even more so now with the, Yeah, there's yeah. more mechanical the spiders. <laughs> You had to bring that up, didn't you? I, um, how could you not? I mean, it's such a great story. It yeah. is a great story. I know Eric would be super pissed if I didn't mention of course. Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek, another one that it? looks diggity dope. No, they didn't have the extended. Diggity dope. Yes. So yeah. you, did you see it in 3D IMAX? or? I didn't see it in IMAX. I saw it in 3D. So I didn't yeah. get to see the. I was actually kind of disappointed. I was like, oh man, I'm not going to see it. But um, I definitely watched the trailer several times now, and I'm just every single time I get more and more excited. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I saw Les Mis with my mom over um, my little Christmas vacation. 
and my mom is a is a Trekkie, straight up. Really? Oh yeah. I had no idea. Um, Your dad is too, right? If I remember correctly. My dad, yeah, too. You guys no, all, you I guys... played um, I played the Star Trek one though for my dad. Oh okay. You yeah, guys would all watch TNG together. Yeah, and Voyager. And Voyager. And my parents gave Enterprise a shot. My dad used to watch Deep Space Nine. My mom was not on board with that. A lot of a lot of people gave Enterprise a yeah. shot. And my mom watched the uh, original series too. But so my mom my mom is into Star Trek. What are you What are you laughing at? Does anyone else? I never said this in front of Eric, and he'll probably laugh at this. Does anyone else when they hear Deep Space Nine to think of a as it the title oh, of no, a porn movie? Oh, no, absolutely. Okay. Good. Totally does. I'm not the only one, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because their space station looks like a cervix. What? <laughs> Wowza. Okay. Uh, Akbar. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also minor a bit in uh, OBGYN. And <laughs> it's more of a hobby. <laughs> more of a, uh, you minored in gynecology. Is that what you were trying to say? I like the way I said it better. <laughs> I minored in OBGYN. <laughs> Akbar, Akbar, Akbar. Anyway, <laughs> it's come back. I, that's what, I've been um, waiting for a moment. But anyway, so my mom was really excited about the Star Trek trailer as well, and uh, and she and she saw dope. she saw how excited I was about it. She's like, I didn't think you were that much into Star Trek. I'm like, Mom, do you not remember me watching it all the time with you when I was a kid? She's like, I thought you just did it because you had to. And I'm like, No, I loved it. I'm gonna speed through the next ones before we move on. Okay. Uh, Iron Man three. Yes. Yes. Very good. Oh, it's the great and powerful. Mm. Um. Again, open-minded. It has, has potential, right? It has a lot of potential. It look. I I like Sam Raimi as a director, barring Super Spider-Man Three, which I didn't actually see, but didn't have to. Um, Just save yourself. You didn't see it? No. Um. But we here's the thing. So when I saw the trailer recently, when I saw I the was Hobbit, when you saw that movie. You were, <laughs> she was not there. Oh. Yeah, when I saw the Hobbit in 3D, um, I saw the trailer for that one in 3D, and it actually made me more excited. The visual aspect of it actually looks really fun. Okay. It looks fun. I feel like I've been negative, Nancy, so I will, I will reserve my comments. I'm not saying it looks great. I'm saying it looks fun. Okay, so here we go. In even fast rapid succession, Monsters University. Yes. <gasps> I'm very excited. Super excited. The kid in me is excited, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Hangover Part 3. Yeah. Uh, well, here, I, I, I hear that they're straying away from the original plot. Okay. Here we go. After Earth. Which one's that? That's with uh, Will Smith and his kid. That's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Okay. The Wolverine. Mm. Wolverine. Wolverine in Japan, basically. I'm going into that so apprehensive because I was disappointed. Oblivion. I've already given my opinion on Which it based upon the trailer. Tom Cruise in space. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin I will go I, see it. Kevin and I had a debate the last time we, he was on. And it's about, what it about is, right? Tom Cruise. Well, I don't know what it is. Like the trailer itself just doesn't lend me to want to go see it. It visually looks stunning, but as a as a story, I'm kind of like, oh, so it's Minority Report minus Precox and Morgan Freeman's in it. Uh, I'm skipping a ton of movies uh, along this list, but um... Um, one I should mention that needs an honorable mention is yeah. a movie called This Is the End. And it is with Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jay Burchell. We just saw the... Uh, yeah, we just saw the trailer for it. And, uh, Jay Baruch- Baruchel. B- However you pronounce his name, but it's not Rochelle. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Baruchel. Anyway. Um, the uh, Craig Robinson is his name? Craig Robinson. And then Danny, <laughs> I just Danny McBride. Yeah. And they all play themselves. What? Yeah, it's a meta movie. It's a total meta it's movie. It's a total meta movie. So the five of these characters are... They play themselves... And they wake up one morning and they find that the world has literally ended. 
And so the trailer starts off with Franco and Rogan in a bunker, and they're talking about like, you're like, oh hey guys, we wanted to show you our movie, like how much what we have, you know, before you guys all die, and you show it, and like everybody's getting up. And all of a sudden, Franco walks out into like this living room area, and there's Danny McBride just eating everybody's food. And he's like, "What the fuck, man!" Like, first off, when you when I watched the trailer, I saw it with Django Unchained. It had the red band on it, and I was like, "I have yeah. never once seen a red band trailer in the theaters what? ever." Oh my god, yeah. it looks hilarious. Yeah, so much so. Here's here's why. There's a line that where they dig at Michael Sarah. They're like, "Yeah, man, Michael Sarah died." He's like, "Oh well, Michael Sarah died. I guess it's not all half bad, huh?" I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah." I think that the end of it where Craig Robbins is like, I just, I just drank, drank my urine for the first I time. I just drank my own And pee. I have to say, not bad. <laughs> and then you guys say, <laughs> and then he pulls up a martini glass. And then he looks at the camera and goes, shh. Oh my gosh, okay, I need to see that. Yeah, I need to like, see that. Okay, this is a weird one that I have to bring up. Okay. Elysium, featuring Matt Damon. And I'm just going to go off of, and this is directed by Neil Blomkamp, the guy who did uh, District 9. Oh, okay. 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 Here's the premise of the movie. Uh, this is a, from IMDb. Set in the year 2159, where the very wealthy live on a man-made space station while the rest of the population resides on a ruined Earth, a man takes on a mission that could bring equality to the polarized worlds. What? Uh... Matt Damon. And let me just show you the, uh, the image that is in the poster. Is that even really the poster, or did they just steal a stock footage photo? Uh, Let me see. That's not the movie poster for that, I don't think. No, it's probably just a, a still frame. But it's Matt Damon with this with the shaved head using some like heavy, heavy artillery weapon. Wait, no, 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 I'm saying like I don't think huh. it's for that movie. You don't think so? No. Hey, wait a minute. What's what's below on the bottom there? Monsters University. Well, Pirates isn't in production at the moment. Okay, I was like, what Pirates is five? that? Yeah, but that's that. There's there's a lot of these on this list that have question marks next to them. Okay, Holy I was about shit. to say, excuse me. Um, yeah. There is one that I wanted to bring out. Uh, one that should get an, uh, a mention here is uh, the new G.I. Joe movie. Okay, here's why. I did not see the first one. I chose not to see the first one. The trailer actually makes it look pretty decent. And this is the third one now we're on? This is the second one. They've only say, made two. Okay, so this of live action, with, with I, Bruce live Willis. action. Yeah, with Bruce Willis. That didn't come out already. I thought it did. Well, it was supposed to this last summer. Wasn't it was it? supposed to be like a last, like 2012 summer movie. Yeah, that's they what pushed I it back to March of next year. Why? Their statement was because it was for conversion problems or whatever the case if they, may be. Okay, but historically, if you're moving a movie from a summer release to a March release, that means you don't have much faith that the movie's going to make much money. And it'll look better with what it's projected to make if it opens in winter than if it does in summer. That's um, really unfortunate. And then the last thing I think we should mention, unless somebody else has anything else, uh, yeah. this is for Sarah. The Great Gatsby finally comes out yes. in 2013. Yes, I yeah. do want to see that movie. I'm Which very I feel about that like, one. I don't know. Uh, just based upon what you just said, they pushed it back from a, a December release, which wouldn't mean it would have it would have come out this month, earlier this month, or I think I it was, was actually supposed to be on Christmas be, Day, be like a November December release, yeah, um, to a spring release of next year, which doesn't really instill a whole lot of faith. I we'll don't know. See. I'm still excited about it. I mean, it wouldn't have made that much money during Christmas anyway. I mean, Christmas Day releases aren't really that big in the long run. They're big, but they don't hold a candle to summer releases. True. Um, they're mostly expecting the big day for the payoff, and then they'll let that spike ride through the rest of the year. So it is what it is. There are a ton of movies coming out this next year. Yeah, and there's yeah. A, there's a bunch coming out on the more indie limited release scene. Um, there's one actually that it was kind of uh, that I saw a trailer for that I saw thought was pretty interesting looking. Um, it's a film called No, and it's uh, about um, No. 
this uh, Chilean dictator and people taking him down with an ad campaign, essentially. He was going up for, for re-election or something like that. And it, it just looks like a really interesting political drama. Yeah, this check is it a, out. It's on uh, IMDb. Yeah, and it, it, it it's coming out in uh, mid-February, limited release. So do The plot is that for 15 years of military rule, the public are being asked to vote in the national... Uh, a national election. Yeah, of whether General Augusto Pinochet should stay in power. Rene works as part of a team to create upbeat films and promotional material in the hope it will encourage the Chilean public to vote no to Pinochet's leading the nation for another eight years. Yeah. Meanwhile, the boss of his advertising agency is busy working on the Yes campaign. The campaign consists in 27 nights of television advertisements in which each side has 15 minutes to present their point of view. I am absolutely intrigued. I would I would watch that. Yeah, it looks really good. So, so right. definitely. And if you think that there's something we should have mentioned on the list, of course, oh, as always, Drop write us in, on Facebook. let us know. But I want to switch gears, if that's okay. The I way. want to switch gears because... As we mentioned earlier. We're coming to you from the past. Uh-huh. And you're in the future. And as you listen to this, everything we have said has already happened. Is your mind blown? My mind's a little blown right now. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up a, a topic of time travel because I have just acquired a DeLorean and um, I figured we could all go back to uh, October 15th, 1985. And uh, Do you, you guys know. have the Flux Capacitor app? Uh, yeah. I do not. Although one of my projects, one of my dream projects, it's on my list, is to make a flux capacitor for my car. You can do it. There's instructables on it on how to do it with LED lighting and stuff like that. So I'm totally going to do it. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, good luck finding the plutonium. Put yeah. it in my Camry. <laughs> <laughs> or make, make, a, make a Mr. Fusion too while you're at it. Right? Um, there you go. This actually was not an idea that was conceived by me. I know we had discussed when, when Looper came out that we wanted to do a time travel as we a movie. We the idea around. Yeah, yeah. it never mm-hmm. really took off the ground. And independently, we were reached out by the one, the only, Kyle. Kyle has emailed me. Um, it is a little delayed. Um, I did respond back to him after he had emailed me, and I told him that we would bring it up in the podcast. And yes, Kyle, we are giving you a full-ish episode. Half an episode. About half an episode. Half an episode devoted to your idea. Also, stay tuned, because there will be a full episode based upon video games, as we promised later on this year. Um, so, as it goes, uh, Kyle reached out. He emailed me, and he said, David, you deserve an email. Here's one. <clears throat> Thanks, Kyle. Rank your top five time travel movies ever. In the discussion, though, I just want to mention that as an English major, how much I liked Midnight in Paris, the Woody Allen Represent. film. Represent. All over the place, Kyle. You had me so excited didn't when you like said that, that because much. that was... Oh, you shut your whore mouth. You didn't like Midnight in Paris? Not really. You shut <gasps> your whore mouth. Uh-oh. Okay, we'll get into it. Hey, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. It was a completely different take on time travel, and I loved it. Also, wanted to say... Uh, as a Navy football player, how happy I am to say we beat the Army for the 11th year in a row this Saturday. This was on December 10th of 2012. Um, I don't know what the nerds know of sports, but you needed to know this. Beat Army, Kyle from Annapolis. Kyle? If it's not San Jose Sharks hockey, I don't know much about sports. Um, Sorry. And I do know that the Navy uh, Army game is a huge game. I'm glad to see the Navy won, only because my dad uh, is a retired Navy vet. So go Navy. Now, I did respond back to Kyle on the 16th of December, and I did tell him that I felt like Midnight in Paris was a fantastic movie in the usage of time travel. I did mention off and rattle, and I'm sure we'll come over these again. You know, there's Back to the Future, 
Midnight in Paris, I, I said, was one of my top five. The Time Machine. The original you're referring to. The original, the new one. I like the new, I, I think as far as visual effects, I think it was cool to see where the visual effects of the 2002 version with Guy Pearce went. Story-wise. I saw the original. It was just on the other day, actually. Was it really? It was, yeah. Oh. 12 Monkeys. Yes, uh, 12 which Monkeys. Which is a great movie. And then I, I put in Looper in my top five uh, because I liked their usage of time travel, even though it goes right into my idea of the time paradox, and we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, um, the time paradox. It's the reason why it's so hard to do time travel movies. Agreed. Because Agreed. even some of the best have flaws. Right. So. And, but yeah. you have to accept those flaws you just have for to, what they yeah. are. But there have yeah. also been no fewer, I think, than three Star Trek movies that have used time travel as a major plot device. Mm. And they seem to do it well because they basically take the whole alternate universe, alternate yeah, reality. And, and that's, that's i.e. the Abrams to, version. Yeah. But they also did that with First Contact. That's one with James. Yeah, Cromwell? because yeah. yeah, because the Borg were going to stop First Contact. Somehow like data explains why they were protected. Like why wouldn't had hadn't they been wiped out of existence yet? Because they were trying to stop first contact from taking place. Right. So so do we want to save the, the paradox conversation for a little bit later? I do. I okay. feel because <laughs> I, I feel like that also bleeds into a couple of TV shows that or a, a TV actually two TV shows that I, I noted to Brian earlier. I'm kidding. Time cap. We have to talk about Doctor Who. Roadhouse. I've got one. I'm of right course. off the top of my head right now. Of so. course. Um, so first off, let's answer his initial question. So I gave you my five. Right. I said Back to the Future, Midnight in Paris, The Time All Machine. Back to the Future yes, or just the first? I, I didn't prepare for this. Uh, back to the Future. I will go with the original because it is the original. The second one is a play on the original movie, and then the third one is its own bread and butter. And while I do enjoy the Old West, um, it was campy, but I it liked was super it. camp, but it fit. It so was, those are my five. Um, Sarah, I'm gonna I'm gonna deflect to you to okay. see what five you like, and then Brian by that time will have developed an answer because I want to see what you guys think. Yeah, too. It, it might take me a second to get to all five. Definitely Back to the Future, um, okay. all three lumped into one because that is just still to this day one of my favorite all time movie franchises i love it grew up with it adore mm -hmm. it i loved midnight in paris pretty much one of my favorite movies from the decade just because i really appreciate first of all obviously literary figures out the wazoo i really adored it the using the time travel thing as a, as a reflection on uh, nostalgia as a theme um i really appreciate it as well and i love paris so just, there was just so much about it, and I and I also really enjoy Woody Allen's um, style, and I felt like it was a good Woody Allen movie without being overly Woody Allen-ish. To note, so. it was the only movie that Rachel McAdams has been in that I hated her. Oh yeah, she's, and, and, and you're supposed no, to. No, no, she's a terrible person in the movie. Oh god, off. Yeah, she's just terrible in it. Um, Marion Cotillard. Oh, Cotillard. Cotillard. Sorry, she was brilliant. Wonderful in that movie, but she's also wonderful in everything. And the guy, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but the guy who played Ernest Hemingway, brilliant. Yep. Tom Hiddleston was awesome in that movie, too. He played, um, who wasn't he, was it Cole Porter, or was he, no, he was... No, he wasn't Cole Porter, he was, um... Was he F. Scott Fitzgerald? He was F. Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. 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 Um, no, the guy who played Ernest Hemingway just did such a wonderful job, and, and the way the character was written, the way it was portrayed, with just such plain intensity, it just completely encompassed Hemingway's work. So I, I just was enthralled with that whole movie. Uh, Corey Stoll. Thank you. Thank you very much. Who's the actor? Kathy Bates being Gertrude Stein was mm -hmm. awesome, and because she's always awesome again. Um, Adrian Brody in that movie was 
was funny and who is he hold on i'm, I'm pulling it up i'm pulling it up he didn't, he didn't adrian brody was salvador dolly salvador dolly okay thank you looper i really did enjoy looper i don't know if i'd put it at number three it's just one that i'm thinking of right now so these are no order no particular order but definitely back to the future trilogy one midnight in paris two and that's those are no the particular order from three to five yeah exactly <laughs> then they just become a jumble looper was was really good again i do i do remember walking out of that movie going their science was off yes we'll get to that i'm really gonna bring science into this when it's not yes even- because it it played a vital part in that but you know what the process. thing is is so was the the science and and back to the future is kind of wonky wonky too. it's wonky at best because here's the thing with most of these movies they're all talking about going into the past yeah and even with if, even if you want to give it that Einstein's credibility to the theory of if time travel was possible, you would only be able to go forward in time. You would never be able to go backwards in time. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if the Sounds techni- like we're getting to the paradox conversation a little I know, early. Because how can you not? <clears throat> I, I get what you're saying, but Back to the Future 1 explains the paradox because him going back in time mm-hmm. and changing the past yeah. erases his existence. Yes. So they acknowledge A yeah, that, that, they, that they paradox. have that there is a paradox. Yeah. And B, that's the central focus of the entire sure. first movie. Sure. And they even bring back the paradox in the second movie when Biff steals the DeLorean, he gives himself the, the almanac. The almanac, right. Right. But they actually, instead of saying that it created the paradox, well, actually, because it wasn't them stopping something. No, well, yeah, you know, no, it still okay, just created so a paradox. It created pro- an alternate universe, and that's with, the gray area. Here's the problem with paradoxes, and I think this is probably, if I remember correctly, the problem that I had with Looper is that it's motivation. If you go back in time, and or if something in the the past fixes itself or whatever, stops something from happening in the future or whatever, then that motivation to go back into the past and exactly. fix it is gone. Exactly. That's the paradox. And so that's the problem, just because we're talking about it already. I was actually just I recently... I thought that lasted not more than five Whatever. <laughs> How can you not talk about it? And it gives Brian more time to think of his movies. <laughs> I'm coming up dry, but that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll mention a few. I'll mention a few. I, there's ones in particular that I do want to just mention in general. But yeah. um, back to the paradox thing, I was just watching an episode of Doctor Who, because Doctor Who is a great time travel show, where um, it's the ninth Doctor and Rose Tyler goes back in time to be with her dad when he dies, because she never knew her dad. He died when um, the when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And so um, she goes back in time to like stop her dad from getting hit by a car. Or not, she wants to just be with him, and then she eventually stops him, and then it creates this whole thing, and these monsters come out of nowhere. And But the thing is, the motivation is so weird in the whole right. thing. It just makes virtually no sense right the paradox even though doctor who talks about paradoxes all the time right all the time but that doesn't mean necessarily mean it's accurate and then then they also have their things where they created these fixed points in time where um doctor who companions can't you know ever be seen again because they've created themselves a fixed point in time and i'm sure there's people out there who will argue in favor of that stuff and uh, it, trust me it does not tarnish my love for dr who at all i just let's right. not try and well, and not to not <laughs> to gloss over unflawed um, science but i feel the same way of um since we're getting into tv shows a little bit here lost i know I, I consistently talk about that show but there was an entire season where time travel was the main focal point and the thing that drove that season was that the characters that were central to the plot felt like if they were to initiate some sort of explosion, it would 
it's like trying to explain it from the beginning. Like, what's Lost about? When yeah. do you have eight hours? Oh, my God. No, the um, Lost is so... But you know what I mean, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they went back in time to the 1970s, a part of this initiative. They wanted to destroy the hatch, which is what caused their plane to crash to begin with, right? And then they feel like if they did that, then their plane would just fly right over the island, and they would land back in Sydney, and everything would be fine. I remember watching that show and going like, wait, hold on, time out. If you guys do that, then that's going to... You guys are going to explode the hatch. You guys will go back into the present. You'll be on your plane. But then you'll never have gone back in time to initiate the explosion to begin with. And that's where the whole paradox thing comes yeah. into play. Even Quantum Leap, which I'm a huge fan of Quantum Leap, that show is consistently playing with the idea of paradox. Mm -hmm. Right? Because like his intention, his motive to go back in time, while it may not be his own, it's a motive of whoever's you know leaping him, right. is to go back and then fix the past. And make it right. Yeah. And by him doing so, he changes and makes everything, everything okay. But he's changing the past to alter the future. Mm -hmm. Right? So if he never goes back in time to do that, then right. why does exactly. that work? Motivation paradox is just right. tough. His idea of but time travel but it's works, character though. It's, it's interesting, though, because it's character motivation. So their timeline stays a certain direction, even though they're going back in time. It's just crazy. It's all crazy. Um, other movies that I really enjoy, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Good call. I didn't think about Sorry. that. Sorry. Did you I just you can agree to that. You can agree that it's on your top five. I was going to save it for when I mentioned my list, but that's okay. Oh. Why, why? Why? But it's on my why? list. Sorry. Um, we can't share lists, people. <laughs> yes, we can. Shush. We, um, that's why we get along, is that we all have a, a no, general consensus. We all get our own separate lists. No. All right, Brian. No. Okay, Bri no. Sh sh Brian, cool it. <laughs> I, I just feel like we, you, know, you have to mention um, Terminator. You have oh, to mention I Terminator. Think about that. Um, you have to mention. Oh God! Stop, please. What? <laughs> you, you're you're encroaching on Brian. Ruining list. my list. I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring something new to the conversation. You can, okay, you can you can, oh. you can mention Terminator Four. Okay, you do have to mention the butterfly <laughs> effect because that was probably. I was actually going to avoid that one, but okay. Only Why? no, it was actually a decent movie, and it was so far the best I've ever seen Ashton Kutcher. Did you did you see the director's cut? No. Yes, I did see the director's cut. That's I'm glad they did not choose that ending. That you, you don't know what it is? No. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it is some twisted shit. Okay. So, basically, he's in the mental institution. He Spoiler alert. Eh. Whatever. It's been he a long in, time. He breaks into the where all his personal belongings are, and he finds that they're... I don't know what... <laughs> you really start to think about it. It's like, why does he have a tape? All right. So, he finds a tape of his mother giving his mother in labor like his father like you know was filming the video of him of his mother being in labor like oh this is our son and he uses that as a means of jettisoning himself back into the past into himself in the womb and he then strangles himself with the umbilical cord and you actually can see it from the ultrasound too you oh see, my god yeah it's a yeah. twisted ending it's and you actually they they have shots that in the in the in utero cgi womb yeah, of the baby and, and like you, it, it's really weird he's flashing back at all he's seeing all the alternate futures that are going to take place because of this so basically very looper-esque he yeah. sacrifices himself because he just save her that's life. The, only way, the only way he can yeah it's kind of crazy because um, then the original yeah. ending though right wasn't it that he goes back to a time that he doesn't know her or he goes back in time where he never meets her right yeah he went back to a time where he never met her or exactly. right like he was he was about to meet and he chooses not to and the first time they meet he says something that makes her run away scared mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay. and then they end up meeting at the very very and then there's the happy ending where, the, where they meet where he like runs into her and they both kind of like that feeling of like oh i know you yeah yeah. Yeah, but then there's the ending. I think that was the breakup the, ending, as I like to yeah. call it. And then there was the ending where he sees her from far away and then just walks the other way. Right. There was like eight endings to that movie. Yeah. There was like yeah. It was it was a little a little ridiculous. I will agree with uh, Sarah though that Ashton Kutcher's best performance. Yeah. 
I just other ones that I just kind of feel like we should mention um, Brigadoon, um, which is a classic movie. I've um, never heard of it. So it's a it's really? a movie and it's also a stage musical. It's about a little. Scottish it's about it's village. about a little. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to see what year it was made. Um, it's 1950 something. It is. I can pull it up. I know. got it. 1954. Um, but it definitely has Gene Kelly, who is my old timey movie husband, and Sid Charisse, who's just gorgeous. And it's about this uh, little Scottish town that appears, you know, only every hundred years. Um, but for them, time is moving at normal speed. So when they when the town appears every hundred years, it's just the next day for them. But everything around them in Scotland is moving forward. So here's this guy in the 1950s going back to an older town that's, you know, got several hundred years in the past. Yeah, yeah. several hundred years in the past. That is an amazing premise. And he falls in love with a girl in the town. But there's also a stake, too, because if anyone leaves that town, it ceases to exist. Yeah, so if any of the townspeople were to leave, it ceases to exist. And the thing is... is Why are there no... Why are movies not like that anymore? Because here's the thing, though. Here's the interesting thing about it is because the whole thing is very magical yeah and not sciencey that's why I, I find it really interesting and why i like that one so much well you can also mention the connecticut yankee and king arthur's court as a good example yes of one that was more mystically based time travel can we mention the kid in king arthur's court which was a remake <laughs> of that exact same story is it really? yeah, yeah it was yeah just it just they made it a baseball player instead wait, that's all wait, it was do you guys remember the black knight yeah. yes <laughs> that was on my that was on the list <laughs> i was looking at we should have the. We should talk about the the dishonorable mentions, like thirteen going on thirty. Yes, that's also on the list. David, do you like that movie? No. Okay. Well, I gotta he say, he likes that movie. Can, maybe. Can, can, can we count cross time communication as time travel movies? Are you talking oh. about? Uh, uh, no, let him say it, Brian. Okay, what ahead. title are you speaking of? I was actually not gonna say the Lake House, which is no. I was. Which one? Were I knew you which one you were of? talking about. Immediately. Which one were you thinking frequency. of? Yeah, yes! frequency. Yes! I love and I love such frequency. a good movie. Frequency is on my list. That's a fun movie. That's a good movie. It's a great movie, and No Time Paradox because they right because they actually explain every single oh yeah detail right. that explicitly. I'm glad you said that because that was I think probably the one time travel movie of the light of the last maybe 15 years or so that actually explains how the time travel works for them. Because instead of Jim Caviezel going back in the past and changing everything, he knows what's going to happen, and so yeah. he tries to stop, he tries yeah. to have his father, who's in real time, yeah. try mm. to fix everything, which is amazing. Go. I have another one that definitely goes on my top five. Yeah. Groundhog Day. That is technically a time travel movie. Because, because he does, he's, 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 just, he's stuck in a similar he's day. He's stuck on the same day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow the it. The council allows it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me go through the ones that I've found. Yes. Um, mine's a little esoteric, so I will, I will admit. Um, yes, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Love it. And a lot of these are from my childhood, I will say. Frequency, for sure. Mm. The first, Back to the Future. I like the second and the third ones, but to me, the first one is still the best. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, because she uses the... She uses uh, the time turner. Yeah. To go back there's to a thing. huge debate over that thing. Why? A lot of people hate the fact that it was used as a plot device. It's a huge plot point towards the end of the book. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And it's correctly. the only time it's ever mentioned in the series, too. I, time no. travel. Donnie in the Darko. film series. In the film series. In the, in, there in the book series. In the book no, series. in the book series, it comes into massive play in the seventh movie. Or in the seventh book. I oh, thought. right. I thought it does. Doesn't it? Nerds, if you're, if you're a Harry Potter fan, please correct us. Because I'm fairly certain that in the seventh book, that time turner comes into play. For some shape or form. For those who don't know what the time turner is, it's a, it's a watch. That if you turn it a certain number, however many times you turn it, you actually go backwards <laughs> in time. 
yeah there's a, there's a video of um how it should have ended where, right. where, where she's with the time turner and she's like why don't we just go back in time and just like kill voldemort when he's a baby and so she's sitting there like trying to count how many years to go back <laughs> and someone says something she goes damn it ron i've lost my count now <laughs> she goes, <"One." laughs> Donnie Darko. We should talk about that one. Oh or at least mention God. it. It's a time travel movie, but that movie is far, so far more about time. More. It, it is. Le- it, it's less about time travel and more about fate. But time travel is involved. It is involved. Yeah, for sure. I.e. the another, giant engine. Another Jake Gyllenhaal one, Source Code, which was. Meh. Source Code was okay. I didn't meh. see it. I felt like the ending was left me a little confused. I wanted to see it because I like the whole Quantum Leap idea. Yeah, but because it is like Quantum Leap, right? Yeah, but there is. The way the movie ends, and this is one where I'm going to leave it not spoiled. The way the movie ends, you le- you get confused of what happened to the real guy. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, I've already read the ending. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, would you, did you feel the same way when you saw it? I did. It? I did. Yeah. I, the the whole movie just felt weird to me. I just was not. I just was not a fan. And I like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's pretty. Sure. <laughs> I see here is uh, Austin Powers and Goldmember. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, really, those are all kind of time out of time movies because he time travels in the second one too. Yeah, the spy who shagged me. Yes. Yeah. But he goes back in time like only a couple of seconds or something. No, the spy who shagged me he goes back 20, thirty years. He goes yeah. back instead of nineteen sixty seven, nineteen sixty nine. Oh, right. he's frozen already. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Fat bastard steals his mojo. Yes. Right. Uh, Kate and Leopold. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, a sweet that was movie. A, that was a very sweet that movie. That was a sweet movie. I like that 13 one. Going on 30 was a sweet movie. Shut up, David. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Sure. Well, if we're, we're going to count that as a time travel movie, then do we want to count Big as a time travel movie? Yes. Because it's really just their age. Oh, no, it isn't because he's just aged forward. That's all it is. He's not But actually, it's time travel for him, yeah, though. Yeah, no. But he's not going into no, the future. No, 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 no. His body just ages. His head is still a kid. With, 13, with 13 going on 30, she, she, the, tra- in, she travels to her future. That's right. Yeah. Never mind. My apologies. Thank you for clarifying that. Full You're of welcome. 80s music, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Army of Darkness. Duh. Army of Darkness. Definitely a time travel movie. Love that movie. The best of the Evil Dead trilogy, if you ask my opinion. No, I, I will agree with that. Yeah. Send on boomstick. This yeah. is my Oh, so boomstick. that comes from... Have you ever watched the um, the movies with French dubbing? Mm-hmm. It's Samon Boomstick <laughs> when he says, this is my boomstick. I like it. I love it. It's great. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> Yoshi, bitch. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> uh, you loved me once. Yeah, but you got real ugly. <laughs> it's true. Was Flight of the Navigator a time travel? Oh, my God. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Flight of the Navigator. I was trying to find it. Yeah. That is my, like, my, yes. Okay. That one is on the top of my list. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Okay. When we get into this, I, I, I'm pulling up Time there. Magazine's top <laughs> 10. Time Magazine, get it? Yeah. I'm pulling up their their, their top <laughs> 10 yes. movies. Oh, no, it's not there anymore. Blasphemer. They say Forever Young, but I don't think so. No, Forever Young was not. Yeah. Was, they just wake him out of like a stasis or yes. something? He was frozen. Yeah. That's, he was cryogenically that's a lie. frozen. Then, then you would have to call Captain America a time travel movie. He not. is a time traveler. He's a time no, leaper, a- I would say, but he's not a time traveler. Jumanji yes. has time, time traveling travel. in it. How? Because when the kid gets sucked into the board game, he, he, he comes back. Because of the ending, yes. And at the end, they get sent back to, to the past. Right, they, they and, and they and they back. change the future actually because the the family at the very end is like, oh, we're thinking about going skiing, and they're like, don't, yeah, yeah. which right. saves the kids from having a horrible life. Absolutely, yeah, you know that's that is very true. Actually, that was on the other day too. There's a lot of time movies on there recently. Hot tub time machine. Yes, brilliant. Still have not seen that movie. It, it is was okay. Here's the thing. Mildly it's funnier, amusing. It's funnier than I thought it was going to be. 
and yes. John Cusack. I love John and Cusack. Craig uh, Craig Robinson and the kid. I forget Rob what the kid. And then the kid. Rob from, Cordry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I forget who that kid is. But them together, like I forgot that John Cusack could do comedies. He had done so many dramas. Yeah, you know, or played it very straight. That I forgot that he can, he can, he can tell a joke just like the rest of them. I don't. This has nothing to do with time travel. Actually, well, I can make a reference to it. High Fidelity. Yes, I love that movie. Love that movie. <laughs> love. Do that. you even know your daughter? <laughs> oh wait, is she in a coma? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you guys remember there was that movie America Sweethearts where yes, John I Cusack, love, um, love, love, love America Sweethearts. And there is that movie in the movie The Time yes. After Time, yes. Time Over Time, Time Over Time Future. <laughs> right. The script was shit. I threw it out. <laughs> that movie is one of my Hi, favorite movies. My, You're welcome. My favorite scene is when Billy Crystal has to like walk back and forth between the limos. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I want I want to enter first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. care. I don't care. <laughs> actually, I oh, think... Oh, Pussy Boy's about to jump. Oh, jump, Pussy Boy. Jump. <laughs> you know, that that movie was actually written 10 years before it was really? made. Because Billy Crystal was going to play the John Cusack character. Oh, wow. Originally. Huh. Really? I did not know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. My favorite... Or so they say on the trivia section of IMDb. My favorite favorite line we shall see how true in is. that whole movie is when Catherine Zeta-Jones and John Cusack are sitting in on those interviews, the series of interviews, and um, they're kind of like talking about how they're, oh, they're still friends, their relationship's still good. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's like, he's like my pillar of salt. We're like Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> like, pillar of strength, maybe? <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? It was beautiful. It was a great, great I line. I when a- she was fat. <laughs> Brilliant script. So back to time travel movies, though. Um, <laughs> well, it so, was a tangent. I, I have you, no, 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 it's fine. It's good. Do you did you get all of your favorites out or ones that you can well, deem your favorites? Let's, let's consult the list of what I brought up. So, Flight of the Navigator. Yes. Yeah. Which I will talk about in just a second. Back Bill to and the Ted. Back to the Future. Yep. Prisoner of Azkaban. Army of Darkness. Those yep. are my top okay, those five. are five, okay. and they're not in any particular order. Yeah. Um, Flight of the Navigator. Oh my God. So, for do you know the movie I'm talking about? I have. I saw no that when I was clue. a very I have young it on kid. DVD. I should lend it to you. I don't remember much of it, but I did see that one. Okay, so Flight of the Navigator takes place in the eighties. Total eighties movie. Oh yeah, is it Sarah Jessica Parker in that? She is. Yeah, when she's she young, she's, like yeah. Square Pegs days. So the premise of the movie is a kid finds an alien ship, and then he goes home, and no one's in his house, and he gets freaked out, and he basically finds out he is like ten years in the future, mm. and he's at this. Eight years in the future? Thank yeah. you. Eight years in the future. He's at a NASA research facility. He sees his older parents, his brother, who is his kid brother, is now like 18 years old. It's this whole big thing. And his brother and Sarah Jessica Parker's character, who is just an attendant, like an intern, help him stage an escape. And the, the ship is literally calling to him. And once he gets into the ship, the ship has this whole robotic, artificially intelligent personality who promises that, that he can take him back through time. And it's great. And actually, Paul Rubens is the voice of the ship. Hmm. Uh, and he really gets to demonstrate his voice talents. He does do a, a Pee Wee laugh, I will say. He lets that slip. But this might have even been pre-Pee Wee Herman. Mm. Or maybe maybe it was around the same time. I don't know. 86 or 86. late 80s. Yeah, he was developing yeah. the Pee Wee character in the, in the mid to late 80s. So, But he does live the, the Pee Wee Herman laugh slip as the voice of the ship in that. But such a great movie. And actually, what's one of those 80s synth scores... You know, it's all like on somebody's keyboard, but it works. It totally works. And uh, you really... It's made by Disney, so you definitely see it's this friendship, right. this bond between these two characters who come together. and uh, That's awesome. I watched it again for the first time in at least ten years, probably about four years ago. Was not disappointed. It, it brought back all memories. And actually, it held up pretty well, too. It was like, this is actually still a really... Like, it's very dated. Sure. Everything in that movie screams the, the mid to late 80s. But the story has a lot of heart to it. I had found a list 
uh, on uh, www.goodreads.com. Because I wanted to see like what people out there were saying are the bad horror, or it's not horror, sorry, time travel movies. Wrong topic. Um, first off, we completely left out Planet of the Apes. I was the doing original. That for a reason. No, the original is a time travel movie. Yeah. Yes. Right. The Tim Burton remake. Not so much. Was a time. It was a time travel movie up until the very end. No, because they were on a different planet. The planet of the apes that he goes to had two suns. Right, but it then he goes back and then he goes to that wormhole again, and he's in a different. Er- it, it, so it doesn't become a time travel movie until the end. Is what you're but saying. But they're putting yeah. So the original uh, Planet of the Apes is listed here as one of the good uh, time travel movies, as is Groundhog Day. Yes. So this this writer who I will attribute to Somebody. a woman by the name of Amy. <laughs> Somebody with good Thank reads. Thank you, Amy. Uh, I love Terminator, Back to the Future trilogy, uh, Star Trek, uh, The Voyage Home. Star Trek, what, what number is that? Is that uh, four? Yeah, that's when they go back and they prevent the whale from being. Oh, that's the whale movie. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whale one. Uh, frequency is on Whales here. Team. Kate and Leopold, Time Machine. Minority Report is listed here. And I would kind of say yes, but not in the traditional sense of it's time a, travel. It's a cross-time communication movie. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. It, it, it's in the same vein of frequency. You're dealing with, you're dealing with precognition. And then, then yeah. that's the case. You, that, there's uh, that way more movies you can bring other into. Yeah. Movies, right, yeah. yeah. Um, the Jacket. Which oh, is that's a, the one that's got Adrian Brody. And, 2005 uh, movie with Adrian Brody and oh, Keira Knightley. Keira, Keira Knightley yeah. yeah, I don't think I remember. I that never one. saw it. The one but, movie where Keira Knightley does an American accent. Yeah, oh, that's weird. Even in Domino, she's got a decent actually. Oh, really? so she was Domino Harvey. I forgot about that. I think did she still? Have, I think she kept her British accent though. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Deja Vu, which is a Denzel Washington time travel movie. Oh, you know, I didn't see that one. Neither did um, I. Tony Scott, right? Yeah, one of the Scott brothers did it. I think it was Tony Scott. Um. The Lake House is listed on here. Time travel. Are we we talking about the good ones or the bad ones? This is on the good list. Okay. You didn't like The Lake House? Time Traveler's Wife. I saw that movie. I saw that on on a plane. I thought that was a really depressing movie. It was. Like when he goes back to like when she was a kid. It's kind of actually because of that. It had me really unsettled. It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. That was stuff I was not necessarily on board with. Star Trek 2009 Abrams. I will say it had a good ending though. Uh, Men in Black 3. That's on the good list? That was on the good list. Okay. The time travel actually... It actually was. The, it was the, a decent movie. I haven't movie. seen it. The, the way they it. bring it together at the end, it oh makes up God. for it. That, that character uh, revelation is, is like amazing. It's huge. You learn so much more about Kay yeah. in that movie. And you, you learn more, so much more about the both of them. Yeah. And you get, it, it just makes everything just so full circle. It's a, yeah. It was really cool. And that's a good example of where they need to stop it right there. Yeah. They if they make a fourth one, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. No more Men in Black movies. Um, they also produced a section called uh, Silly Slash Questionable Time Travel Movies. Okay. Lay it on us. Uh, Bill and Ted. That is not a question. Well, okay. Silly. It's silly. It's silly, it's but silly it's not and questionable. questionable. And it's Time amazing. Time Bandits. That's silly. silly, but not questionable. That is a time travel Idiocracy. movie. Idiocracy. Technically a time travel movie. It yeah, is. He does go into the future. And everybody's an idiot. That's actually an entertaining movie. I, li- I liked it. Click. 2006 um, with Adam Sandler. In the same way that It's a Wonderful Life is a time travel movie. Um, but he Wait, physically what? goes into the future, though. He, he goes into the future. And nobody else knows and that, he he's, can, that and he's... And he's manipulating time. This is the one with the remote you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's walking. manipulating time the whole time. Walking is the weird. You want that Christmas Carol's a time travel movie. I gave you a remote that controls huh? the universe. Christmas Carol's a time travel movie. It is absolutely. It's one actually one I think the earliest time travel. In fact, I think yeah. I'm pretty sure that a Christmas. I saw Christmas Carol on one of the lists here. Uh, not on this list. I saw it on another list. Oh, that's um, another thing I Click, got for Christmas. What I think is interesting about Click <laughs> is that. It was a movie that was all over the place. Yeah, it really. It was. started off as this really Adam Sandler esque comedy, and then it became this really dark, terribly depressing, 
movie where I actually cried at the end because I was just like, oh my god, like yeah, it had a very it's wonderful life. I yeah, it was really it. really sad. I'm so I know I brought it up, brought All it right. up twice. Here we go. That's okay. It's a small yeah. list, at least according to this the website. The really bad ones. The bad time travel movies. Idaho Transfer. Never even heard of it. Never, Never heard, heard of, it. of it. It's weird. She also puts on here Star Trek for the Voyage Home in both the good and the bad list. Interesting. I'm curious to know why she put I'm that. I'm wondering if this is things that people have voted on. Oh, maybe. Or submitted. Time the Cop? Yeah. With Van Damme? Oi. Black Knight? Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. I didn't see it. It was a Martin Lawrence yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, one when it came out. Lost in Space? I don't know if I agree with Lost in Space. It's even. a time travel movie. Uh, I guess it is. Yeah. Cause oh, they're because they're going, they they're going the... to that bubble, and that bubble right. is the future. Right, of course. An yeah. older... Uh, it's only for like 30 minutes of the movie, though. It's not it's not really about time travel. Well, it's not, but it has time travel elements, so it has to be yeah. in there. Okay. And horrible, horrible CGI. Yeah. Just god-awful. Well, this is like when CGI was still being perfected. I mean, like, it's just... If it's you just... can argue that it's even perfected now. And then Timeline. Which, Michael Crichton movie. I've it never... was an adaptation of his book. I knew of it, and it was there. They're going back to, like, medieval times, right? 14th century France. Yeah. That's all I know about it. I never saw it. it all I know is it's Paul Walker and Richard Donner made it. Yeah, Richard Donner was the guy who made it, yeah. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Do you not oi, like oi. Donner as a director? I love Donner as a director. I just was appalled that he made that movie because I watched it and I remember walking away like, huh. So since neither Sarah or I have seen the movie, enlighten us, please, a little bit more about okay, this movie. Okay, so to give you the IMDb version, it is a group of archaeological students become trapped in the past when they go to retrieve their professor. The group must survive in 14th century fence long enough to be rescued. Um, By whom? By I think they have, I think what they're waiting for is a way to is it like a rescue party or like no it's like a, it's, like a, it's a portal or? it's a portal that like is in the middle of the forest that they're that they dig into basically okay. and that oh very much like Land of the Lost are we counting Land of the Lost as a time travel movie or is um, it because that's really more like they're going to another place well, isn't it yeah is that a dimensional movie that's more transdimensional I, I think all I know is that I really only enjoyed that movie just to watch Will Ferrell go like, Matt Lauer can suck it. The only yeah. thing that I found that funny. That's the odd reference to the cor- a chorus line I thought was interesting. It was, it, it There's was a odd. reference it was to funny. a chorus line in Oh, yeah. Isn't, oh, yeah. The, the song, I haven't Gotta seen Hope it. I Get It, is <gasps> like... They do that in there? In order to create the device that allows him to, to, to go into different dimensions. He has, to uh-huh. with a, he has to rig it to like a CD player, and that's the CD. And the CD that he has, and it's so really? like... Yeah, yeah, it's really... That's kind of It is weird. one of the... There's one scene where there's these eggs that are about to hatch, mm-hmm. and what slows them down is apparently the music from the radio pops on when they're trying to be super quiet and the eggs are starting to, to hatch and they all start hatching many of these babies who are these baby no monsters but apparently the song they find soothing and then the radio gives out so then Will Ferrell has to sing God I hope I get it and he like does the whole number <laughs> trying to calm you it's, oh my god okay I might have to yeah. just YouTube that one part yeah it's I don't think it's worth a viewing I mean it's a really bad movie yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah. I, I want to give Will Ferrell the benefit of the doubt sometimes just because I, I really do enjoy his comedy like I'm really excited for Anchorman two. You know, I think the it's more gonna and be... more I watch Anchorman, the more and more I appreciate it. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Neither I like did it I. But the more it, it's just like Step Brothers. Yeah. The, the more I watch that yeah. movie, the more I, I continue to just find something so funny about it. Okay, so to bring it back, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so timeline was not one of the better 
time travel movies that was out there. I'm sure it's entertaining to some degree, but yeah, Sarah. Didn't we also have a f- person post on our Facebook asking what our favorite time travel devices were from movies and TV? No, but I love that idea. I swear to God, somebody posted that shit on Facebook. If that's true, please come forward and post it again. I don't. We, we do apologize. I think you've already said, right, flux capacitor. For yeah, the, the DeLorean flux capacitor, uh, that... that it's awesome. The TARDIS is totally awesome. I love Bill and Ted's phone booth. Which is really just a nod to the TARDIS when you think about it. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I like portals. You, you like, like portals? portals? I love portals. Yeah. Jinx. I think that there's something really cool about a portal, especially if you can work it into the script or into the story where it's... I, I feel like there's a couple of movies out there where the portal is somewhere in the middle of the woods or something it's it, you know it's underneath a rock or, or something to that effect and I, I don't know the idea of just having a portal that leads into a different area is just really cool and it's ambiguous right you don't know what this thing is like with the DeLorean the TARDIS the phone booth you know all these other devices you know flat out bam time travel device this black hole in the middle of the, of the woods you have no clue what it's right. going to do and to that's you. also kind of in Kate Le- and Leopold too though it's a it's a it's, it's a, a it's jump a off a bridge yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, have, you have to jump on off at the right time because the, right the hole time, opens yeah. up in the water right yeah. yeah yes doesn't she go back in time with him at the end Yes. Yes. She, she jumps does. with him, right? Yes. yes. Okay. She does. Well, no, she jumps on her own and then ends up at the party that he is hosting where he's supposed to choose his wife. Oh, mm-hmm. and the whole reason why, yeah, yeah, which was set up at the first act. It was act. such a sweet movie. It was so cheesy. It was, it, but was, it, was, it, was, it was cute. It was very cute. It's a fun movie. Meg, I think that was one of like Meg Ryan's last rom coms that she did, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was right around the time that she was doing. This was You've Got Mail. Well, You've Got Mail was 1998. This, yeah, this is this post about, You Got Mail. Oh, yeah. wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, so this is post Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And oh, those Quaid brothers! Yeah. Oh my God, who played her brother in that movie? Oh, that uh, was Breckin um, Meyer. Breckin Meyer. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. So it seems like time travel in rom coms doesn't really go well together. Much. Yeah, but they do work when they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, like I know we have our own opinions about the Lake House, but I mean, you know, it works there. Kate and Leopold. Yeah, that's not really a rom com though. That's just more of a that's just romance. a romantic drama. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So yeah, Kate fine. Leopold romance. wasn't. Kate and Leopold had its like funny quirky moments, but at its heart, I don't think it was yeah. a comedy comedy. I actually liked. I mean, I've said this before, and I got shit for it when I said it originally, but I actually did like the Lake House a lot. Would you? Consider Sliding Doors a time travel movie? No, because at no point does the character change time and is aware of it. It's all about alternate realities. I see. And, and that's, I think there's an important difference to be said there. Okay. Because at no point does time get reversed for right. or, or pushed forward where they have the ability to change something. Right. So David likes portals. I, for some reason, tend to like time machines. But there's, there's not much left. <laughs> magic. Magic. Oh, yeah. I really actually like the idea of magic, though. That I mean, magic is technically what sends uh, Ash back in Army of Darkness. Yeah, it's a magical. But it's actually a magical portal. Yeah. Ah, married mm-hmm. the idea. Yeah. So we're talking like a phenomenon portal versus well, so magic portal. Here's the thing, though, because the portal has to be generated by something, and if yeah. it's a natural phenomenon, then it's science. Yeah. Or it's mystical. Or the writers say, "Oh, it's just going to be a portal." Yeah. Is it a phenomenon portal? Yeah. How is it created? The oh. time turner from the Harry Potter books is a device, but it's a magical device. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so magic device versus science. Frequency device? Okay. they use it's the radio. It's the radio. It's the natural. No, it's not the natural currents. It but is it's solar during, flares. It's during solar flare time. Yeah. Solar flares. Isn't there like aurora borealis, like going through the sky, yeah, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, there's. So that's that's actually a natural phenomenon taking on mystical oh, properties. Man, my favorite scene mm-hmm. is when he puts the wallet mm-hmm. into the plastic bag and yeah. he puts it into the, the floorboard and like yeah. he puts it in there and then you see it. I was like, that is. 
brilliant. That oh. was that yeah. was so fun. I, the part where he's like talking to himself as a kid. Yeah. So weird. Well, just Jim Caviezel gives such an honest performance. Yeah. In that movie. Like when he talks to his dad for the first time and he's just like literally crying tears of joy because yeah. Like yeah. he hasn't spoken to him in, in, in decades. It's just it's it's very touching. And you know what though? We, we said that it didn't deal with paradoxes. It does because he but it, stops but it his addresses father. It pretty, yeah, he pretty stops his father though. from dying in the way that he should have died. Yeah. But by doing and that, therefore he changed the whole his whole future. He changed he his whole life. His future. Yeah, but th- that's the funny. That's the cool part, though. Is yeah. Because instead of dealing that with that issue, it's also really the movie is about him going and writing the wrong, and it ends up really creating a whole new future where yeah, both his but parents then, survive. But then at the end, when he like you know he sees his dad, they hug and all this other stuff, and again the motivation. If that stuff all then happened in the past, then how could he have? fixed anything in the present well, they, they, they kind of deal confusing. with it in, they kind of deal with it in Looper <laughs> and too, Sarah is, just died remember how in Looper <laughs> and aneurysm <laughs> well, you remember how in Looper Bruce Willis's version of the character was yes. talking about how sometimes he would be like a fog he'd have two memories all of a sudden sure and, and, he meant, and Jim Caviezel references that too so I have it's weird I have both memories I have memories of yeah because then because he goes like how did my father die because and, then, and again, then Andre Braher is like yeah. he's like cancer Right, or he says yeah. something because it's the day that his father was supposed to have died in the fire. Right, right. All of a sudden, Jim, remember that scene? Because like Caviezel all of a sudden starts having this really weird yes. moment where this new memory automatically just pops into his head, and it's like and, and that table, right? Oh, oh, they also just said in Butterfly Effect because every time he changes something in his life, all of a sudden the new flood of memories happens, and it's like this painful experience. Yeah, it's like his nosebleeds, right? right. It, yeah, it's just it's this horrible experience of his brain except these new realities funny story time travel technically gave my grandpa a nosebleed i just found this out today i was talking to him about this the first time he saw brigadoon in theaters was the first time that he ever experienced surround sound and actually gave him a nosebleed in the theater because it was so loud wow yeah i was talking to my grandpa about that today it's totally random Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> time travel gave my grandpa a nosebleed <laughs> and there's the title of the episode <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> Done. <laughs> That's actually really great. So, Brian, what would you send then say is your is your favorite time travel device? Device or or just time travel method? method. Mm. Something specific. Something specific, huh? Oh, that was another thing. Midnight in Paris didn't really have any sort of actual device. He was just hanging out in a specific place in a car Natural, showed up. It was a phenomenon. But they still. But they never explained it. There was which no is cause fine. for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just yeah. sort of happened. Which is why Brian probably didn't like it. There was no explanation. Oh, Midnight in Paris. It just, it just happened. That's not the reason why I didn't like the movie. Can you um, give us a reason why you didn't like the no, movie? No, because I don't want to be a critic. I'm torn. Because I like the idea of using magic. Torn in time. Sorry. The thing is that when, I, when I'm imagining it. Time travel is such a powerful thing to do. It's not easy to do. You just can't mm-hmm. snap your fingers and travel through time. Yeah. You know, unless you're like Merlin. You know, you're like, unless you're like a really, really high level person who can. You have to be like a it. level 50 wizard. Exactly. Unless you're Highlander. The Highlander's not really a. It is considered a time travel movie. Is it one of the so? lists. I don't it's know. He's just immortal. He's just immortal, yeah. <clears throat> and okay. Scottish from Spain. Sorry, so, go on. <laughs> right. Yes. For me, I think there needs to be a, a vehicle. Of some kind. Though I've thought about, you know, I mean, because a time machine doesn't have to be a vehicle, but I think it works best when it's used as a vehicle of some kind. But I will count the TARDIS, I will count the phone booth from Bill and Ted's as vehicles, even though they're really inanimate or non-moving objects. Mm -hmm. They're not meant to to move, but they do. Well, the TARDIS TARDIS is like a whole shebang. It's It's a ship that... that, It's a ship that that harnesses... a chameleon, basically. Yeah, it harnesses extreme power and just happens to look like a 1960s police box. Right. 
It will also adapt to whatever yeah. environment it's in. It's bigger on the inside. Gross. Go on. That's the running <laughs> joke in the show. God, shut uh-huh. up. Yeah, no, 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 I understand. I can't pin it down to just one single item, but um, if I have to say it, I'll go with the I'll go with the phone booth from Bill and Ted's. Okay, just, just a random. It was the first one. Just a random fan. And it question. comes with George Carlin. That is, it's so simple in its design. <laughs> yeah. You open up, you put it in, you dial the year, bam, you're you're you're, you're there. I know, right? That yeah. is really simple. All right. And so if I have to sure, there's a directory. <laughs> being, I'm going to be impartial to this because I just want to get your guys' opinion. I'm trying a new format here. Back to the Future was originally supposed to be a refrigerator as its device of traveling through time. Was it really? That was the original concept. Wow, that would have that must have been very early on in the development. It, yeah, it was like in the very beginning because of it. like the idiot Robert Zemeckis is, is so critical yeah. to that plot line. So I want to hear both sides. Would it have a changed refrigerator? anything? Yeah. Would it, would it how have do you feel? How does Brian feel it would have changed the it movie? How does Sarah so, feel it would have changed the movie? I don't think the movie would have Brian worked. Go. I don't think the movie would have worked. Why? Because it's this whole close the door, click, hit the switch, <laughs> open the door. Oh my God! I'm a 1955. It just it would have it would have totally tanked. It would have nuked the fridge. If you want to use that expression, <laughs> sure. Zinga. Okay. Sarah, your point of view? I think it definitely would have tarnished the movie, maybe not make it as so beloved, because I think part of the reason why that movie sticks so well is because it is so damn 80s. Doc, are you telling me you made a time machine? Out of the DeLorean? <laughs> that was a really good Marty McFly. Well done, really Brian. That was really good. You got the, uh, you got the, pu- you know, pre-pubescent. the your prepubescent <laughs> vocal. There, it was good. I think it would have made it less charming. Having a 1980s refrigerator land in the 50s would have been kind of weird, but I think the impact of having a 1980s DeLorean so completely out of time, I liked that. What could you have done with a refrigerator? Seriously? Like, it just, it. You had to get the cold up to at least five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If it's like a two door, one door goes to the past, one door goes to the future. Yeah. That that doesn't, that doesn't work. Zemeckis, if you're listening, let us know. (laughs) Yeah. The whole, the whole 88 miles per hour and all that stuff. 1.21. It turns it into a stage magic trick, is what it is. I'm going to put my assistant in the box. I'm going to close the door, wave my magic hand, and they're gone. That is a solid point. That is a very solid point. Now you're in the prestige. (laughs) <laughs> Every magic trick consists of free pops. Oh. <laughs> Stop giving him excuses to do his Michael Caine impression. I didn't think he was going to do one for the prestige. <laughs> I, started, I stayed away from that man. Before all this. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Before that, man. Go back, man. All oh. right, then. Sorry. So I for, with that. I think, it's, I think it's settled. For Halloween, you have to go as Michael Caine. <laughs> yes. And But not just Michael Caine in one movie. Like, you're going to be Michael Caine <laughs> in all, in all of his movies. <laughs> just progressively just you change best, You best characters. learn that monologue he tells in Children of Men. Like, that's... I want to see you do that one. You need to be Austin Powers' dad. You need to be Scrooge. <laughs> but he has to be Austin Powers' dad when they're talking in the English... I took a Viagra. I took a Vi- Viagra. It got stuck in my mouth. I've had a stiff neck all day. Ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> next week on Nerds on Film David McGuire Sarah Ashley and Michael Sir Kane. Michael Kane. <laughs> hello I'm Michael Kane. oh by the way I just want to give a shout out um, because we're talking about Michael Kane, our listeners need to check out the video of Steve Coogan and his buddy doing their Michael Kane impressions hilarious okay yeah, I see that spot on 
it's there. It's two different interpretations, and it's actually from a short film that Steve Coogan and his buddy did. Um, but it's hilarious because one of them does like an earlier version of Michael Caine, and the other one does like an older version of Michael Caine. Yeah. They both, has changed a little but bit. But they both like are yelling at each other like, "I'm not fucking finished." And Michael Caine, when he gets really serious, he eats his words and he talks like this. <laughs> I mean, it is just he starts getting very emotional. Yeah. So I feel like we've hit almost every time travel paradox. Uh, the, the, the ones that really stand out. You know? Ones that stand out to us. If there's Clearly something we we've missed. not hit everything. Yeah, if there's something we missed, please I mean, let us know. Based upon just going to Wikipedia, um, there's like... Well, we didn't talk about a little movie called Run, Lola, Run at all. Do we want That's to not time travel. What? It's the same thing as Sliding Doors. It's it's a different Alternate. scenario. It's but a different. But she doesn't she see them though? Doesn't she like? I don't think it's cons- I don't think it's really time. Uh, travel. She's, more, she's just in her own head, right. basically. Oh, it's okay, basically like, it's her basically saying, if I did this, this would happen. And this would be the chain reaction. Okay. That's the end result. Well, damn, I was hoping we could work in a foreign film, but okay. And you know what? We may have missed a foreign film. Tell us in that topic. And if we did, please tell us. And as usual, um, you can always reach us either via Facebook, Twitter at Nerdonomy. Um, you can email us. I am David at Nerdonomy.com. Brian with a Y at Nerdonomy.com. I'm Sarah at Nerdonomy.com, S-A-R-A-H. And Sarah, you have something to share with the world for us? Yes. Please. I am now using my Twitter. New Year. Yeah. Yes. Y'all Fantastic. Now? Yes, we are. Okay. And uh, how can our loyal listeners reach you or follow you if they wish? At Sarah Ash 16. That's one six. Awesome. I am at David C. McGuire. And I am at Brian Moriarty. So you can tweet us. You can, you email can tweet us, us, email us, Facebook us. You have so many choices. Short of calling us. You can have it your way, like Burger King. And you guys yeah. should also check out Please our new website. Because our website yes, is now all that's fancy, right. fancy. That's right. We have an all-new website. If you go to Nerdonomy.com, you will be taken to that new site. Where we've got new look, new feel, new vibe. And we started blogging. So you guys can totally check out what we have to offer in the way of, uh, of blog posts and interesting things that we write on our off time when we're not recording. Because not Indeed. only are we talkers, we're writers. Or at least we think we are. Well, you guys write. I just... I like to think I talk really well, but when I writing is difficult for me. So that's you know. cool. When you're ready. When I'm ready, exactly. We'll just but, you call know, Ewan McGregor. He'll be a ghostwriter. <laughs> oh, can we please Dude, call Ewan McGregor? Is... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> she had an orgasm. It's fine. Go on. I think it was a little more than an orgasm. 2013 is going to be a big year for us, guys. And this is just the beginning of what of some cool stuff we'll be seeing down the line. So yeah. We're going to get celebrities on the show. Absolutely. And please, um, if you have... I'm kidding. That's not what? true. <laughs> like, 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 don't don't me like, I am being... over. I'm like, who's coming on the show, David? John <laughs> Stamos. <laughs> Dude, if you got Uncle John Stamos Jesse? in the Nerd Cave, I would be stoked. Uncle Jesse's coming to the podcast? If you haven't yet, subscribe to us through iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And please give us a review. We've gotten some wonderful reviews yes. out there. Um, please keep them coming. We would love to hear what you guys have to say. And also constructive feedback, too. If the show is not quite the way you like it, you know, too bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, really. No, I'm kidding. You can I'm tell kidding. us we, and we, we are very open to suggestion. Like, we had to build them up and then shoot them down there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have an idea for a topic that you want us to talk about, please, please for the love of God, yeah. let us know. We take submissions, as you clearly see. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Our pa- Kyle? Like, with the exception of the Christmas ones, 
several of our past um our, our more recent been... episodes have all been fan based. Yeah. So yeah, pop us suggestions, you know. We we can only come up with so much on our own. This is the world we're living in now. Global village. You can write it, we can make it happen. And with that guys, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Adios folks. Bye. And roll credits. <laughs>